1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
2: Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience.
3: again fellow basement dwellers nerds of all kind it is i the lawyer dave ungar coming to you here on this lovely kayfabe whatever day it is monday actually a sunday that we're recording this i don't think it really matters people have got it figured out now that it's it's all bullshit anyway but it is time for another great edition of bandwagon nerds here and let's see what episode is this one Tony? i have no
4: idea
5: uh, it's 115
3: okay we are on episode 115 of this illustrious tremendous podcast uh rolling today with a very scaled down bandwagon because mr odout is busy admitting ankle biters or something like that in back to the university of massachusetts
4: (laughs) covid spreaders yeah
3: super spreaders are going back to school and
4: (laughs) the fucking social degenerates
3: Patrick's got to deal with that nonsense. Uh, Mr. Ray Cash feeling a bit under the weather. We might see him. We might not. But, of course, you've heard him already. It is, of course, the live audience, the morning PC Tunny. Uh Sorry about your Packers, man.
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. It was frustrating. It was another soul-sucking game. That's what happens when you're a Packers fan. It's been 30 years now of Hall of Fame quarterbacking. Uh, since the day Brett Favre took over and beat the Bengals, it's been a great run and it could be the end of the run. Uh, special teams got us again and it feels like that's been our Achilles heel all these 30 years. Uh, even though we Other did have Desmond Howard. Best, I, even though we did have one of the best return men of all time, but they didn't want to pay him to come back either. So that that's kind of a, a thing there. Let me introduce our guest because he can also comment on this. He is he basically probably lives uh, maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes away from me in the same area, grew up in the same place, same Packer fan, uh, maybe a, a, a decade and some change younger. But uh, Dave Wirtz, a.k.a. Asop Mitchell, Dave Sop is here today. Uh, did you watch it with uh, Tommy? Uh,
2: <clears throat> I did not. I was uh, actually doing a comedy show that oh. night. So I, I uh, was running, like, hosting the show, so I had my phone out to, like, keep uh, time and all that while still, like, watching the play-by-play. Um, yeah, look, I, I'll be honest. I'm not the the craziest Packer fan, but after Drew Brees retired last year, because that's my guy, uh, I had to jump somewhere, so I went to the home team, and uh, I... Again, I called this special teams debacle uh, in week f- like three, week four, or something like that. I'm not surprised. Um, I am surprised that Aaron Rodgers sucked as hard as he did, but you know, whatever. He's going somewhere, whether it be back to Green Bay, whether it be to another city, or whether it be his couch. So whatever uh, Rodgers wants to do, bye. I'm ready to ride the Jordan Love oh mobile. I know. I know.
4: Aaron, come back. Uh Dave, let's talk about something else.
3: Yeah, that I, I imagine that's gotta be a, a sore topic of conversation for folks in your neck of the woods or for people in Tennessee. I both number one seeds go down on the same day. That's that's unique and rare, I would say.
2: Well that Bengals team is good though. I, I had them winning.
3: They're uh, under, they're I, underrated. I they're very underrated. Yeah. I don't know if they can get by whoever wins today. As Tunney says this is the AFC championship game possibly today. Not sure if the NFC cha- game is a championship game. We'll see. But uh, we're not here to completely talk about football. We do have the fabled one himself, Aesop Mitchell. So we have a fabled addition to the bandwagon today. That's, that's always good. Uh, we are going to start this thing off, of course, as we have been doing the last five weeks, talking about The Witcher Season 2, Episode 6. So we're going to toss a coin here and come right back and talk about The Witcher
1: after me, with masterful deceit, broke down my lute and they kicked in my teeth, while the devil's horns minced our tender meat, and so cried the witcher, he can't be bleed. Toss a coin to your witcher, O valley of plenty, O valley of plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh, valley of plenty. At the edge of the world, fight the mighty horn that bashes and breaks you and brings
3: you. All right, PC Tony. I understand Aesop has not been watching The Witcher. He's waiting for like five seasons to come out so he could binge them all at once. So we'll talk catch up with him in a few years about this. But <laughs> uh, season two, episode six, Tony, I know you've been a little lukewarm on The Witcher, as have I to a lesser extent. Uh, but this this episode really felt like it moved the needle forward in a big direction because you get the reunion of Geralt and Yennefer at uh, they went to some I don't know some very peaceful, tr- tranquil sort of city where Geralt wanted to talk to Naneké I think was her name, um, and try and get some information from her about Ciri. And as it goes along, we we have a few things happening. We've got the uh, the flame wizard I forget who his what his name is. He shows up at at uh, Morhen. Firefucker, yeah, firefucker. That's right. That's his. That is his official name. But he shows that's up. That's what
4: the, Yennefer and Geralt call him. That's right. That's a. That's a, that part is hilarious because he shows up, and Geralt not having ever seen him before, but only having been described to him as firefucker, face to face. Yennefer next to him. Geralt, in all seriousness, firefucker. Yennefer. Yep.
3: Yep. <laughs> yep. So you've got that. Um, and you've got things going on in, uh, in Nilfgaard where you've got the, uh, the birth of the first, I guess this is a big deal. Having an
4: elf is born tonight. An elf
3: being born is apparently a really big deal. Um, Kahir is now clean shaven and is back kind of in charge. Seems a little changed, not quite the complete douche that he was in season one, but that remains to be seen. And then, you know, you've got the big, uh, yeah, I like, uh, Geralt just basically destroys everybody that Firefucker brings with him to apparently take him down and get Siri and do all this stuff. And it does not go well for Firefucker's minions, to say the very least. And, you know, at the end of this whole thing, Yennefer basically has Siri use her own chaos within her that Siri doesn't know that she has to portal them away. And that's where the episode ends. But I want to get your overall thoughts on this episode. This was one, of I think this might be my favorite of the season so far, just because of where we are heading with things right now. What were your overall thoughts on this one?
4: Well, you also have the mention of Yennefer letting Geralt know that Yaskier is in trouble. Yes. And Geralt seems very interested in that. So I could imagine that happening along the way as he now goes and searches once again for Ciri. And Yennefer, uh, Yennefer taking taking Ciri away, uh, and and having that card to play, in, in what in her personal battle that she's having. But the the action sequence, like you said, um, with Geralt taking everyone out before Yennefer and 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 Ciri transferred in the portal, was was an excellent excellent part of the episode. It's just a fun him him defeating the dragon, taking the potion, and defeating the dragon as well. The move that he makes where he clings on with a stab to the neck from from the small blade, and then just ziplines a, a a gut thread of of a sword right through the center of it, and it just opens itself right up and kills that that stone dragon, which was pretty cool. You got to see the you got to see the hunt from the dragon's uh, perspective, where it, it was very interesting. It's vision was poor but it was almost like a it was almost like a a jet fighter trying to uh get a lock in on its target right it would kind of scope around until it found it in the middle of lock in and then it was going so that was really interesting action sequence as well so yeah as far as action goes it was excellent i think we're going to see all the major characters that we want to see coming very soon and as we move towards the end um Where they took refuge and found Yennefer, it seemed like the lady, what was her name again, that that was given?
3: Neneke or something like that?
4: She seemed almost like a a mother figure to Geralt, if you will.
3: Yeah, she did. And and she was like basically telling him, I really don't know what she is. A a couple other things to note that during the battle sequence or right after Geralt kills the stone dragon, Siri kind of mentions to him that the dragon was speaking to her like it needed help. And Geralt's like, shit. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't. A lot of
4: the, a lot of the things that have been killed by Geralt that have been, you know, you can look back at a few different monsters or people or people monsters. If you want to go back to the, the, the creepy odd movement, um, girl from the beginning of the season series connected to all of them and some, somehow they know more about what's going on and what's going to happen. And they're they're You're right. If there's no Geralt, these things they're not trying to kill Siri.
3: Right, and I think it's important to note that who exactly is Siri or maybe what exactly is Siri is central She's the one to cause chaos. <laughs> yeah, she's now central to this whole thing and and sure. and the the one mage, I forget who his name is. He goes and he seeks knowledge with a, an elderly couple through some ancient texts and and realizes oh. that
5: Yes, yes, um, yes. That the series, hilarious
3: series grand. A
4: couple, couple reminds me of Billy Crystal and the yes. princess. Bride and yes, that couple, right?
3: Exactly. Exa- that's exactly what they reminded me of. But but they realized that uh, Siri's grandmother was an elf and tried to hide that aspect of her bloodline from everybody. And now you get to the point where Siri is either savior or destroyer. And it looks like we are right at the point where this can go either way depending on the influence. And now you've got Yennefer who, you know, and yeah, I mean, it was great because like when the fire fuckers trying to get them and series, looking at Yennefer, like greatest, most powerful maid she's ever known, do fucking something. And she's basically like, I can't, and you're going to have to. So yeah, you know, Yennefer takes her away because Yennefer is doing what she needs to do in her mind to get her power back. You can tell she's conflicted. Uh, you know, the, the reunion with her and and, and Geralt was very sweet very touching you could tell that that's kind of changed you're absolutely right he's obviously going to go and get try and get Yaskier because he's been in some trouble and and, and accosted by Firefucker. i like that that name's going to just stick now um but but yeah we are definitely at that
4: should the should be the title of this episode with maybe an asterisk and a and a ampersand
3: and a yeah, hashtag or something. there you go that might that might be a good idea uh but yeah you know you're at the point now where you know, whatever the Witcher mutagen has been stolen by Firefucker because he showed up and That's beat, right. beat Vesemir down. And, and and, you know, Triss has gone back to Tissaia to tell her about Siri being basically this could go either way. So I think now we've got two episodes left. So we're reaching the tipping point really quickly now as to discovering who Siri is and what is she going to be savior or destroyer? And I really I'm not sure at this point but that's the most compelling aspect of this
4: yeah it's been it it's turned itself into a really good season um i just don't like the whole politicking thing uh, I, it just reminds me of all the other shows i've watched in in this kind of medieval magic setting right um Aesop, you you've played the video game i've played all 3
2: of them and okay. uh, that's one of the so, things that that kind of so- boggles my mind about the witcher specifically is uh how fast that this series itself has turned around because Witcher 1 and 2 were fine games and then uh you know CD Project Red the company that makes that made Witcher 3 just created a monster of a of a series and I, it's it's kind of baffling to me it's a, a remarkable how they just sort of generated a giant
3: Aesop was uh three. Was that the wild hunt? Yes. Okay. Yes. So now Tony, you may have caught this in this episode. They did mention when he's talking to Nek N- 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 and or whatever her name is. W- Geralt specifically says something about the wild hunt. So where does this fit in, in the whole Witcher mythology is, is uncertain, but we do now know that, you know, we're at this point where Siri can go one direction or the other. And, and it's going to be really interesting to see, what happens over these last two episodes? Does Jennifer get her powers back? How does she get her powers back? Does she have to sacrifice Siri for that? The reunion between Geralt and Yaskir, I'm sure, will be uh, will be very touching. Uh, hopefully, Yaskir punches him in the face and and then lets it go. But we'll see how that works. But that, that it, it, it's, it's setting be, up for a good finish. I
4: I would say that the meeting is going to be private, whereas there's going to be no one else around, right? And Yaskier is going to scream and shout and be mad at Geralt and everything else. And then Geralt's going to turn around and walk away as if he was continuing to what he was doing. And Yaskier is just going to kind of be like shaking his head. And, and then Geralt's going to turn around and be like, are you coming or not? And then they're going to walk away together or something like that. You know, like it's not going to be this big, you know, crying thing. But definitely Yaskier will definitely have his dramatic moment.
3: That sounds about you know, right. Go ahead,
2: stop. Uh, I know you're I know you're uh, dead set on on the firefucker, which I fully support. Uh I, I believe his name is Riens. Uh yeah. right? Is that right? Um uh,
3: He's Firefucker to me, but yeah, that that's sounds fire. about right.
2: Because I, I will say, uh even though I don't necessarily watch the shows, I do keep up with it for um my work aspect. You know, I, I have to be very pop culture knowledgeable. Uh so reading the the Cliff Note version of the episodes is kind of like my thing, right? And this one of the big things that I, I know about this episode in particular is the fact that you finally got these three main characters together in a room for the first time, right? Uh, Geralt, Siri, Geralt, uh, and Yennefer, which, you know, I, I know that I've heard a, a lot of people kind of finish that sentiment of it's been a slower season. You know, and especially in the first season where more or less you had to follow three different storylines throughout the entire season. This one is kind of uh, different in that
4: sense. It hasn't it hasn't necessarily been slower. It's been a broader scope. Right. Whereas the first season was very, very narrow lens on each of these individuals and their relationships. Right. With themselves and the outside of the world. This 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 season has added in the relationship the outside world has with itself in association to these three. Right. And and it it's just painting with broader strokes this season.
3: Yeah, it's a little it's a little bit slower, but it's a little bit more focused. I think, you know, season one had the time jumps, which threw a lot of people off. This one doesn't have that. Um, so it it, ha- it has been building slower, I think. But it seems like we are now in a full sprint. For these last two episodes, and they're not—they're not taking their time anymore. It's like let's see what we can cram in here in these last two episodes. But it's—it's—it's a very enjoyable season. It is, you know, comparing it to season one is difficult, but they're different. I'm enjoying it a lot more the last couple of weeks as they seem to really things start to become more in focus now. You're starting to learn, and we got, you know, in the in the next episode, I guess the white flame is going to be showing up at uh Nilfgaard so that I think is the first time we've seen the white flame he's been referenced numerous times so we'll see who that asshole might be (laughs) and get that out of the way so yeah it's um it's been a fun season that just seems to be getting better you know my only hope is I hope it's not hitting its stride too late you know in football and any sport they talk about peaking too early this one I hope doesn't peak too late is that another Packers shot no Maybe. <laughs> Absolutely not.
4: Maybe in adding the the grander scope of of of, of what's happening around and, and playing into that a little bit more, you got you get an extra season out of this. Do you know
3: what I'm saying? Oh, sure. There, there there's going to be a third season for sure. They're not going to end it here. It's too popular.
4: No, but I mean, but I mean, if they were set on five, maybe this gives them six since they didn't necessarily, you right. know, they kind of maybe stretched. Uh, what are they? There's eight this year, right? Yeah. Maybe they had like a good five ideas and they stretched it into eight. You know what I'm saying?
3: Maybe, maybe we'll see what, we'll see what they do with this whole thing. But yeah, we're uh, set up now. We will see what happens next week on episode seven of the Witcher. Um, So here I wanted to switch before we take our first commercial break. We are not covering as everybody knows. We have not been doing detailed reviews of book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker on this show yet because Patrick and I are doing nerd reviews of, of uh, the book of Boba Fett and Tunney has just started ca- kind of covering Peacemaker on pot is war. So I did want to get some quick hitting thoughts on these. And I understand, and this is unfortunate that it looks like I'm the only one who's seen the most recent episodes of these, but I felt like, and I know we're going to write about it. Patrick's already written his review. I need to write mine. Um, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett episode four, which Patrick really enjoyed shockingly. And has basically said that if they'd started the series with this, he would be more into it. All I'll say, and I'm going to try not to spoil this for Tunny, is that there is a lot of Mandalorian teases in this episode. Because basically, this is the story of Boba Fett and Fennec Shad's relationship and how they become partners. And it kind of picks up where, remember in Mandalorian uh, Season 1, Tunny, Fennec and, 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 and Din, Mando, whatever you want to call him, got into that fight and Mando shot her in the gut. And that's where we pick this up as Boba Fett finds her after she's been shot in the gut. And we get to see how he gets her back to health. That's all fine and great. And the the story about how, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it because there's really excellent stuff in here. The part of this episode that got the world talking is at the end of the episode where it's Fennec and Boba talking about the wars coming. And they're going to need some more muscle. And right when they say that, you hear the notes of the Mandalorian theme merging in with the, the theme from Bo- the Book of Boba Fett. And it's got everybody thinking that, oh, here it is. Here it is. The muscle that he's going to bring in is Mando. We're finally going to get the appearance of the Mandalorian here. And it's going to be in episode five. I hope that didn't spoil anything for you, Tony. I want you to go in this episode at the very end. Listen for it. You'll hear it. I heard it immediately and i went right to the internet and said did i hear what i think i heard yes i did <laughs> yes i did so and Asop, i don't know if you saw any of the first two seasons of the mandalorian fantastic show um this one is has has i've liked it more than patrick for sure this was my favorite episode by far they did the most with this there's the best kind of tension going on with this um but yeah, I mean, Tony, what do you think? Are we, if we're going to get the Mandalorian here in, in episode five and Mando's showing up and this is really like, I have speculated from the beginning, this was a springboard to Mandalorian season three. Um, how excited are you? You want me to feel those nipples or, or, or what do you, what do you want? Yeah.
4: Yeah. No, I have, should I do the dancing nipples here? I don't know if Aza.
3: Yes. But anyway, Ooh, some
4: pasties.
3: Nice. Yeah. What are, What are your thoughts? <laughs> Those are just the nipples. What are your um, thoughts? You've seen the first three episodes. I hope yes. I didn't spoil too much. Other no, than just no, mentioning no, 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 that that's fine. part,
4: uh, it, it's it's all the same to me uh, with the Mandalorian. To be honest with you, it's it's the same. It, it's the same way of storytelling. It's the same people telling the stories. Right. It's the same characters that were in the Mandalorian. I love it. it it's a Star Wars, you know, Western streaming series that's what i equate it to and and i and i love every bit of it i've I've loved i i, I just equated boba fett starting with the continuation of the mandalorian story right and we're going to connect back up anyway the, the the uniqueness in the way that they're filling the gaps of what you didn't get is is excellent if you kind of think about it you're just you're just fixing the puzzle you're turning the rubik's cube of mandalorian and boba fett turning it all the colors of the same right um i doing a good job i can't wait to watch the next episode i might do that here i'm not really sure playoff football still gonna watch um you got
3: no stake in anything anymore what are you (laughs) it'll be more entertaining (laughs) trust me
4: but yeah that's kind of my thoughts on that i can't wait to watch it i can't wait to see how they finish this season and what this means i would love to see this whole thing with the mandalorian and boba fett have a culmination being a a a movie in, in theaters right
3: You might get that. I mean, there, there could be that. maybe that's what Mandalorian season three is really a full length movie. I don't know.
4: I would love, you know what I would love to see in theaters. I would love to see a movie with an intermission. I would love to see a movie that's no, no, no. Listen, I'm serious. I would love to see a movie that's three and a half hours long. So you sit down and you watch the first two hours and you go, you're at a nice theater. So then you have a half hour break and you go out and you get like food or beverage, like by us, ASAP, uh, out more towards me, The Ridge, they got Zafiro's in there with the pizza and the wine and ice cream and all the other stuff and everything else and arcade. And there's a lot of theaters that have them, I'm sure. Um, South Shore has a nice one, too. Uh, We can go to... We got a couple different ones. Majestic. Majestic is cozier. Um, But it's just... I would, that's a bigger experience for me. Let's bring that back. I, 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 what do you guys think about that? Having a big movie like that separated with an intermission, kind of telling a dual story.
3: Well, man, we're going to talk the runtime for Batman coming up later on. And I mean, that's getting close to you, <laughs> close to what you're talking about. If you, when it's the what rumors. they want to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, you're
4: almost watching a streaming season in the movie theater, yeah, one shot, you know, condensed.
3: That's true. I want to kick it back to Aesop. Aesop, have you watched any of the Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett?
4: Yeah, and I have a little bit of it. Uh,
2: Another one to tie in to these two as well, because Fennec is part of it is uh, Bad Batch as well. Uh, She had parts with uh, Omega in that. um, And I I want to see as much tie in as possible. That is probably some of the coolest thing that you can do. I mean, look at the past decade. We just did that with the Avengers and how everyone – had an absolute sploosh moment for that right so if we can do that again in the star wars universe i am super down for that
3: right and and i mean it and it does seem like you know and star wars next to the mcu is the most interconnected series that's out there you know and so yeah if they're bringing it all together and 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 and, um star wars is different because you've got live action, you've got streaming, you've got animated series all with a rich history that are all interconnected yeah. with each and other. And they've
2: already done that with animation to live action with Ahsoka, right? Yes. And so I'm mean, not saying that it will happen with Bad Batch, you know, we'd never quite know, but if they were to do that, I'd be pretty damn happy because I enjoyed uh, watching the first season of Bad Batch.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I haven't seen all of it yet, but it, that, it raises the possibility that anything... Is is on the table right now, but I do. I, I mean, it would not make much sense to not have Mandalorian somewhere in this season, for sure. You know, you got you got to set up season three, and and it's like, okay, well, this would be the perfect way to do it, and exploring, you know, the relationship between Mando and Boba Fett that we got in season two, where they developed a begrudging respect for each other, as did Fennec and Mando, even though he did shoot her in the gut and that sort of thing. So. Um, or whatever it was, I forget. I, that was season one. I don't remember that far, but I can barely remember last week, but I do know he, uh, he got the better of her and that's kind of where this episode of Boba Fett picked up. So that's, that's kind of all I want to talk about the book of Boba Fett because it was, it was, the internet was going crazy with just a few little notes and people lost their damn minds. And it's, uh, it's fantastic. Um did want to talk a little bit about Peacemaker because we haven't talked about it yet. Tony, I know you guys are covering it on Pod is war uh, four episodes are down. I wa I've I'm caught up on everything. I've watched the fourth one. Uh, I know Tony hasn't watched the fourth one, so he won't talk about it other than to say it's great. And, and that, but um, this is um, <laughs> to me, I love this series, man. John Cena is absolutely killing it in this series. This is like, this is like doom patrol, but even crazier than doom patrol. That's it, even possible. Yeah. And I it's, didn't, I didn't think that go ahead, Tony.
4: It's almost well. I mean, it is kind of like Doom Patrol. It's Doom Patrol, but only one person's a superhero. Um, but it's okay. It's Doom Patrol. One person's a superhero without being a metahuman, and then, and then, and then on the other side, nobody's a metahuman. But it's kind of like Doom Patrol meets The Boys in the way that it, the story is told and the the humor and sarcasm that's there. It's amazing. It's freaking awesome. I had somebody at work, I told them about it, and that night at, like, 11-something at night, because I tell people, like, you can text me whenever you want. My phone's always on silent, so, you know, you either get me here or you don't. Um, Yeah, holy shit, this is great. I'm watching all three right now, you know, so John Cena's a star. He grabbed a great role. He should know what a great role looks like. He should know what a not great role looks like because he's had to make a lot of those decisions in his life. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. He's he's been by far and away the star. But his supporting cast is excellent as well. Make make no mistake oh, about it. They are they are absolutely phenomenal. crushing it. Um, Yeah, a big reveal at the end of uh, episode four, which I will not spoil for you, Tony. But uh, yeah, Project Butterfly. Alien butterfly praying mantis sort of things that I'm guessing go up people's noses and turn them into their own sort of uh, creatures. I don't Yeah, they We still don't know everything.
4: They just basically look like they because at the end of season or at the end of season and episode three, you know, where where Peacemaker blows the brains out of the dad and the butterfly flies out of the front of the face. It looks like they just kind of nest in the brain and take the over the body and the thoughts and the speech and the physical movements. Um I was wondering why you didn't just shoot the motherfucker that when it was flying up in the air at the end of that episode either. So I guess I'll find out in number 4.
3: You will. You'll see exactly what happens. But big uh,
2: big uh big twist at the end. Uh, you seen it? Yeah, I, I know. I know exactly what you're uh referencing yeah. and yeah, and directly affecting the whole butterfly group, yes. right?
3: Absolutely, and and it's a big, it's a big moment. Uh, at least it, we think it is. But yeah, this 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 show is absolutely hilarious in a lot of places. Um, Vigilante has stolen the show, so to speak, and, and that continues massively in the fourth episode. Uh, it's it's yeah, I mean, I don't know, this guy came out of nowhere, but it's it's like. <laughs> It's like this total one of us, total nerd who's just turned into you know, and you think he's got no heart and no soul, but you quickly find out that he actually does. It just might be in the wrong place, but he has been tremendous and a great addition to this. And I love like in the what was it, the third episode where, you know, they want Peacemaker to shoot the kids, but he's not told why, and he can't do it and vigilante's like, Hey man, just move over. And he takes over and just blows everybody away and uh, and then of course that that whole scene
2: that whole scene with vigilante uh more or less attempting to like you said kill Augie right and yeah. just failing miserably at it and on top of that blabbering galore uh is quite good i'm trying not to to give everything away to pc here but yeah. uh it it was of quite a comical scene
3: Oh yeah, in in this in this fourth episode, there's a, a confrontation, we'll put it that way, between vigilante and, and a key character that is fucking hilarious how he how he gets this confrontation started. But um but yeah, Judo Master also, I mean I've never known anybody to be lethal or semi lethal with uh flaming hot Cheetos, but <laughs> mm, there you go. So yeah, I mean excellent. yeah, Peacemaker is a tremendous a tour de force for HBO Max, uh for DC. Yeah, if you like Doom Patrol, you will love Peacemaker. If you liked Suicide Squad, you will love Peacemaker. It is a the boys. If you yeah, exactly. If you love the boys, this is right Invincible. up your alley. Invincible to a lesser extent. I don't think the the Yeah, oh, Omni Man. Nice. There you go. Yeah, I don't think the comedy in this in Invincible is quite on this level. Uh, but... I don't know. <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no. It's not it's not quite the same. Uh, there is there's more I guess, seriousness and invincible. I know that's saying something,
4: but there in one He's aspect fat. in basically one aspect of the show. That's about it. Otherwise, you got the fucking no, in flip the humor. Coin, you got the flip. Yeah, but you got the flip coin guy banging the fucking uh, uh, girl who can make herself into more than one person cheating and everything. <laughs> you got that whole shit. Go- There's the same stuff's going on there.
3: Maybe, I mean, on a, on a certain level, Omni-Man is as clueless as Peacemaker is in certain places. So, But with Omni-Man, it's more deliberate. And with Chris, it's just like, you really have no clue what the fuck you're doing, do you? <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> I, I'm also insanely biased because Invincible was my favorite show last year. Oh, yeah. uh, and the hype train that I have going into season two is massive. I, I just can't wait.
4: So before I forget, I just want to mention, Dave, you brought it up Um, and I ran this past Patrick. It was kind of uh, Greg and Andrew's idea. I think Greg found out that we weren't doing Peacemaker on here on Bandwagon Nerds. And then I believe Andrew was interested, Greg suggesting that we do it. So I ran it by Patrick first to make sure and he gave it the blessing. So we are full out doing everything uh, the same way Bandwagon Nerds style. We're calling it Pot is War and Peacemaker. If you will, that is the title uh, from one Andrew Belaz who loved the dichotomy uh, on each side of the coin there. Uh, There is also a review from Pot is War that will be written and go up from the Belaz brothers. They're trying to get me to write, Dave, you know, I don't really love that. Uh, (laughs) So,
3: but uh, no, it's great. You guys are covering it. And I just wanted to touch because, you know, you're four episodes in and it's been such a such a great show. I said, you know what? Let's let's at least touch bases on where we are and get some crossing over, you know. It's all one big happy network, so it's it, For sure. if we talk about it. But, you know, with that being said, man, let's let's take our first commercial break and uh and and let PC Tunney tell you all about the great stuff going on over at the com and where you might be able to get yourself your hands on some uh, cheer shot are those plat balaz 2020 shirts are they all sold out or did we get rid of them yet or, or are they still out there
4: i think they have been long gone uh, I, I actually you could probably get one i know I'm, i think we kept a few in case people wanted them otherwise the majority of them have been shipped off to wherever the green bay packer super bowl 2022 championship shirts are going to go nonetheless malaysia yeah, why don't you head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot? Pick yourself up a chair shot t shirt. Plenty of great designs, plenty of unique designs, plenty of designs that are going to get people to pay attention when you walk in the room. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Get it in soft style. Your epidermis will thank you. Makes a great gift as well. I guarantee it. We'll be right back. This is Bandwagon Nerds episode 115, Chair Shot Radio Network and thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always. Use your head.
1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at Current.Tech.
6: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
3: All right, folks. Welcome back. Thank you for all that great work, PC Tunny, live studio audience, letting everybody know all the great stuff going on over the com. And you never know what might show up on the Pro Wrestling Tees website. We should just throw something up there without announcing it, just to surprise people, you know? <laughs>
2: Sounds like my pro wrestling tea store. Yeah, there you go.
4: Never quite
3: sure what you'll get.
4: Hey, before we get going, Dave, why don't we let our guests go ahead and plug that and and tell everybody about Down the Wire and everything that uh, Dave and and Tommy and the Wurtz brothers have going on and even maybe a little Aesop Mitchell news. I don't know.
2: Yeah, sure sure. Well, I'll start off with that first. But uh, so like uh, like PC said, I am a professional wrestler under the name Aesop Mitchell, the guise of the White Whale of Wrestling, the fabled one, the violent gentleman, all of the uh the m- longest names in pro wrestling, really. I like I like to stretch it out. You can find me uh, at ASOP Mitchell. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at the violent ASOP or on Uh, Instagram, Cream City Traveler, Uh, but also I want to plug the fantastic podcast that I have with my brother, Tom, Uh, Down the Wire. We cover sports in the least professional way possible, and really that's how it should be. We are coming up quickly on our year episode, episode 52, and we have some big things planned going forward, and I cannot wait to share this with everyone. So please check out down the wire. We post our episodes every Tuesday morning. We also uh, get them going Wednesdays as well on our uh, Facebook page. So down the wire, check us out.
4: Oh, ASAP. I have some breaking news for you. Um,
2: Sorry. That's our breaking news sound that we have for uh, down the wire.
4: I, um, I have some availability coming up here in the next few weeks. Uh, upon which the oh. nights, in which you, upon the nights in which you record, because I know we've talked about this before, and I've told you, yes, sir, that, that night's not an option. But the 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 final night of this month, and then the very next week, um, that the first that night uh, of that month, I'm I'm available both both nights. All right, nights.
2: We, uh, next month for sure. We actually have someone coming in uh, oh, next no, month you know. So. Yeah, we we also uh, bring in guests all the time of people with equal or more or less better credentials. This past week, we just had our friend Joe Pohorilis from the Boston Globe uh, join us, which was a very fun time. Awesomeness. Uh, uh, And Dave, you might be appreciative. Joe is a big Washington fan. So we talked all types of Washington sports, including hockey, which we know nothing about.
3: Well, all you got to know is Alex Ovechkin, and that's pretty much all you need to know about the Caps, <laughs> so that's uh, they don't have a whole lot else going on, but uh, that's that's great. Uh, awesome. Wish you nothing but continued success one year. I mean, any any podcast that hits that one-year mark, you've accomplished something because most of them don't last that long, so congratulations to you and your brother. It's fantastic, man. Um, Getting back to nerd-related stuff, we are... What's up, Tony? Nothing.
4: I'm just... <laughs> thinking about something
2: oh he was he was just talking about how we felt accomplished uh once we hit that one subscriber in like cambodia
3: there you go yeah
2: that's our guy no, I, it's still i, I mean think,
4: i I think, I think we missed uh getting the this latest episode of Down the wire on the chair shot we'll have to get that done. son of a
3: bitch well i mean look at it this way guys you didn't
2: know you didn't know no, that's all Tom's deal. I I uh, listened to
4: it separately. I literally I literally forgot to put it up this week. <laughs> <laughs> so guess what, folks? That'll be coming to you. You'll have a double dose this week of Down the Wire.
2: Great. You can listen to how we're so confident in the Packers winning.
3: Oh, awesome. <laughs> and then you get the immediate aftermath. Yeah, uh, but, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, this show's had 115 episodes in over two years, and we're still stuck at 22 listeners, right, Tony? So, what can you say oh boy
4: yeah i think there's more than that i'm pretty sure in fact i know 23. very nice 23 i i know there's more than that for well i know there's well more than that for both of you of this show and down the wire (laughs) there you go
3: we are going to hit some uh some trailer park music we got to have some banjos some fiddles going we got a little bit of an extended stay in the trailer park coming up so uh hit those banjos man All right guys. Got some trailers to talk about. Uh first one that came out, we got the latest news in the in the first actually official trailer for Moon Knight, which is coming out March 30th, 2022, not that far off.
2: Very um, excited.
3: Yeah, there's that and then of course there's some bad news about Moon Knight, <laughs> but let's let's talk about first the trailer uh, A.S.O.P. your impressions on this. I know a lot of people are a little bit agitated that it sure seems they are deviating from the source material, which the MCU has been known to do. Um, and it, it does look like they're doing that, but your initial thoughts on this moon Knight trailer and, and how excited, I mean, are, you know, are we supposed to feel your nipples too? How excited are you?
2: Uh, now normally I am one, that likes following the source material i really do appreciate that it there has been many a time when marvel has strayed from that and i have gotten very angry angry see x-men first class um but uh, i'm interested i'm very interested now maybe it's because i have not been super high on much of these mcu tv shows outside of wandavision i think they have done themselves a, a great disservice by having WandaVision aired first. And I realized, you know, COVID kind of put that, uh, you know, issue at uh, there. But WandaVision was so damn good. And I really do feel that Moon Knight has that same potential. Yeah, and I will say, going back to the source material line, uh, I had a couple people ask me, like, oh, who is what's Moon Knight? Who is this? And I more or less explained it to them in the. Most basic of ways, right? Where Batman, I, I, You just said Batman? I did. I said, it's Marvel's Batman, right? And then it, you can, see the yeah, trailer. Can I, can
4: I jump in here? Can I jump in here? It's funny because I was working when the premiere came out at halftime of the Monday night football game, Wild Card Weekend, right? And it was dead at work. And myself and a couple and and another DC fan and a Marvel fan were watching this, right? and i like didn't even turn around to watch it and and he was like who who is what who is who is moon knight right he didn't the marvel fan didn't even know and i'm like well it's batman and then i i just walked away and i kept doing something and they watched it and the dc fan goes that looks pretty good that looks pretty good you know and uh, the marvel fan goes batman doesn't wear white and I was like, <sighs> uh, "Yeah, Marvel fans, what are you gonna do? Uh, we're awful I, I, sometimes."
5: I mean, so. the,
3: <laughs> the comparisons to Batman are are very appropriate. Other than you know, there's no murdering of your parents, but the same sort of concept of what Moon Knight does—the vigilante vigilante aspect of things—a little bit. Uh, you know, Moon Knight's got a more mystic origin for sure, and you got to see it.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah.
3: got to see it in this trailer, and and you know, Batman is um. Not nearly as emotionally troubled as Moon Knight is. And, oh, sure. no. and, and he's and way that, less
4: schizophrenic,
3: and he sleeps sometimes. You know, out of <laughs> a, out of sheer <clears throat> exhaustion, yeah, maybe. But uh, the trailer was Looks yeah, like
4: making that noise.
3: I love the trailer. <clears throat> I thought, I thought for a fringe character, you know, a, a lesser known mid Carter for the Marvel roster, as we would call it. They have immediately gone and made this somebody that you're interested in, and I think the. The comparisons, especially like the closing scene where he jumps across the moon, and yeah, there's a lot of symbolism there with some of the stuff from Batman. So, obviously, Marvel is going to try and appeal to that demographic, as if they're not already watching this stuff anyway, by saying, "Hey, look, we got a Batman too." And uh, I'm I'm very excited about the series. I, I really like the trailer. Tony, uh, you, did you actually see the trailer, or were you too busy working? Oh yeah, no, okay. no,
4: I did all my homework. Okay,
3: what what do you think? I mean, is it just is it just Batman, or is there more to it than that?
4: Oh no! There's more to it than that. I I really like the way they went in casting. Um, uh, Paul just jumping on Oscar over Isaac, from, man, so, jumping on over from Star Wars into into Marvel, which is oh which is great. I think he's going to do a great job. It's 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 a really interesting character. You know, I I kind of ace up. I kind of want to equate it to like Marvel's had all this success as as a company and as like as a story universe, right? You know. um It's almost like trying to create your own brand of wrestling. Um, And now they're at the point where they're like, okay, we have all of this, but now we need a new star. Um, But right now they're at the point where they're saying, boy, who tests best at the upper mid card? And I feel like they're throwing all these different people, faces and heels, who test best at the upper mid card. Does, Does that like... That sounds oh, yeah. pretty
2: good, right? Oh yeah, they have they have brought mid carders
4: in for to be honest for quite some time since halfway through, but knocking it out the, of the, the park too. Whether or not they turn yeah. into that main eventer, they're still Dude. doing a great job at at promoting that part of whether it's a streaming or or a or off uh, standalone movie, etc.
3: No, the MCU is is foundationally based on taking a mid card character and turning them into icon. I mean Iron Man. Is not exactly the upper echelon of Marvel when you really think about it. Maybe a notch below that, but he's the foundation of everything that they started. So, no, but I don't think, mean to you cut know, you They out. all
4: got over, they all got over with main eventers, though. Too, if you think about oh, who Marvel yeah, has. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about Hulk and you talk about Spider Man. Um,
2: yeah, th- those are in the the pantheon of Marvel characters, right? And but bringing in uh, again, one of my favorite movies of this past year, um, at least Marvel wise, was Shang Chi. Shang Chi was so fun, and it deviated from the typical Marvel formula of writing, which, for me, like that is that's what's killed me lately with Marvel. Um, Black Widow is one of them. And speaking of source material breaking as well, because dear God, what they did to Taskmaster is painful. Um, but I, I am very excited, and don't don't sleep on Moon Knight, um, especially in the Marvel. Uh, universe itself his comic series has been one of my favorites for the past decade as well he is it's been a riveting series specifically from like i think like 2014 to 2017 easily my favorite uh, comic book series so they have good source to work off of and it'll be interesting to see where they go with that because as you said before dave they're not known for necessarily going from the start, right? You know, we'll get the origin and then who knows what they decide to bring in.
3: Yeah. And it looks like with this one, they've got this guy. Uh, and yeah, I mean, having Oscar Isaac cast in the main role is brilliant because he's the kind of guy you need uh, somebody with his range to be able to play two different characters at once. Cause you got Stephen Grant and then you got Mark Spector occupying, you know, two different personalities or so it seems occupying the same body trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, that's going to be great. You know, you've got Ethan Hawke, who's going to also be in the series. So you've got some great casting. Um, but the news wasn't all good as far as Moon Knight this week, because they suffered a major setback with uh, one of the stars. We don't know who he's playing yet, but Gaspard Ulliel, I think is how you pronounce it, French actor, great actor from what I understand, dies in a uh, tragic skiing accident where two people came together at an intersection on a trail. They must have been hauling major ass to have, I mean, as major skull trauma, brain trauma. He passes did away. They,
4: did they collide? They or was that what it? Yeah. Okay, they did. I didn't know if it caused one of them clipped and then made a tree or something. No, I, I
3: heard. My understanding is that there was some intersection in the Alps, I guess the French Alps or maybe the Swiss Alps or someplace. And there's been from what I also understand, there's been more than one incident at this particular intersection, but well, yeah, I mean, and if you've ever skied, I mean, you can really get up some speed, you know, that's obviously, we oh, yeah, got, Olimp- got, got the Olympics coming up with the downhill and you see how fast those guys go. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's tragic. We don't know what role he's playing yet. Obviously the series has already been filmed. Uh, we don't know what adjustments they might have to make between now and then to, to compensate for that. But, um, Not the best of ways, you know, you take all this great buzz that you created with the with this trailer and then it just got gutted by this. So anyway, I, I thought we probably needed to talk about that. Nothing. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I don't know. Again, it's hard to know exactly uh, how much this is going to affect them. I, I hate to to talk like it like that, but, you know, maybe it, it, depending on his role and his uh, prominence in. Uh, Moon Knight and however night however long that series will be running, um, yeah. You know, uh, the obviously thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. It's it's tragic.
5: Yeah,
3: it's it sucks, and it it's a you know to me as great as the trailer wasn't as excited as we are. You kind of like don't want to start a new series with kind of a black cloud hanging over your yeah. head right off the bat. And they're kind of in that that, you know, that realm right now. And hopefully hopefully they handle the whole situation well and that he was an important, important role, but not irreplaceable sort of thing. Um We'll see. But, yeah, the trailer's great. It's got me very excited. Uh, you know, March March is going to be a big month for a few things that we're going to be talking about here on this one. Uh, I want to go from Moon Knight to a a trailer. One,
2: one, one question I just want to know. Do you know how long Moon Knight is planning on running? Have they given an episode it's length? streaming, right? It's going to be streaming on Disney+, Plus, right? Yeah, but, nice. but how, lo- how How many episodes? Because that, that, to me, is been one eight, of the—
4: Eight to ten, I would imagine. Well, it's I mean, we've had course. a lot of
2: sixes uh, lately. Oh,
4: I don't think yeah,
2: so. Yeah, Hawkeye
3: was a six. And uh, well,
4: I, I, so was Loki,
2: too, right?
3: Uh, I don't know if Loki, I, I think, it was a little bit longer.
2: And uh, I, Falcon Winter Soldier was also shorter as well. I, again, I, I am very uh, adamant that the best series that they've done so far has been WandaVision. And that one has the longest, uh, six. Ep- like the, the
3: most episodes.
4: Yeah, it's six. Yeah.
3: So Moon Knight's gonna be six.
4: Yeah, well that just kind yep. of supports my, yep. you know, let's uh test the water with each of these characters and whoever tests best is gonna, you know, be an Avenger.
2: Well, that's got me cautious then, you know what I mean? Because I having those extra three episodes allows for so much more character development, so much more story development. And again, I I could Maybe be wrong. I'm continuing- still very excited.
4: Maybe they're maybe I mean, I feel like even the streaming stuff. I mean, and obvi- I think a lot of people have realized this, but they're filling the holes where they need to and telling you the parts of the story they need to. I think all these streaming series are going to come together in the movies at some point.
3: Well, yeah, oh, they're, for sure. They're setting the foundation for the Young Avengers. I don't know how <laughs> I
4: don't
3: know. How Moon Knight fits in with the Young Avengers that he seems a little bit uh, <laughs> outside of that realm. Maybe they're going to do Dark Avengers.
2: Um, Well, yeah, both. I I would assume it's going to be both, to be honest.
3: Yeah, you you know, and they and they they may have a crossover at some point in time, so we'll see. But yeah, Moon Knight's going to be the first series post Hawkeye, the first MCU series of 2022. Uh, It'll come out right, what about a month and a couple weeks before Doctor Strange Two comes out. So we'll see. I mean, he's the kind of character that could tie in to Multiverse of Madness. So we'll see what. What they come of that? Um, I do want to go from a a series that tunny is very excited about to one that he doesn't give a flying shit about, and that is Boo. the Lord of the Rings, the Rings oh, of Power yeah. series. We did get the first trailer, which is, and I th- apologize, I think it's a I teaser. Said, it's a teaser. I think I sent you guys a behind the scenes thing, but really the trailer is just they're showing. It's it's kind of the narration. From the preamble of the Fellowship of the Ring and the aspect of the Rings of Power being given, you know, three to the Elves, nine to the Realm of Men, I think three to the Dwarves as well. And then, of course, the Ring of Power. Um, Not a whole lot in this trailer, but we did get a release date, September 2nd, 2022. This series is all going to be about the second age. So for those of you, I know Tony doesn't give a shit. Aesop, are are you a Lord of the Rings fan?
2: Oh, yeah, I'm okay. definitely a big Lord of the Rings fan. And I'm a big Cimmerillion fan uh, in particular. And right. how they digest what the Cimmerillion was is going to – is what's got me intrigued because that is a very difficult book to to take in, right? Yes. And to put it, to put it into uh, any sort of film or media – It's going to be one hell of an undertaking.
3: Did you watch uh, any of the Wheel of Time series that they just did on Prime?
2: I did not, uh, but I have attempted to read some of the Wheel of Time and uh, have not. That has not gone well.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of what you saw, I mean, because Wheel of Time felt very Lord of the Rings-ish to me. I know there's some of the special effects weren't the greatest of all time and then some of it was but uh yeah i mean you're gonna you're talking about for the lord of the people out there who aren't as versed in lord of the rings as probably we are um the whole basically the first the original trilogy and then the hobbit trilogy all is the third age and this series is going to go back to the second age and probably going to document um how star ro- rose to power how he tricked everybody how he got that one ring of power how the men, the race of men fell into being the Nazgul and ring race. And you know what, I I mean, I'm hoping we get to see kind of the, what led to the conflict between the elves and the dwarves that is so prevalent between Legolas and Gimli at the, at the beginning of Lord of the Rings. And then of course they become blood brothers by the end. And I, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen much. It's just a, a, and I think like, I read something about the behind the scenes that they didn't actually use CGI, for this no. trailer? No,
2: no CGI at all. This that was actual metallurgy, right? Uh whatever that is. Um but it's very cool and I I am excited. I love Lord of the Rings. Obviously, I loved the first trilogy. The Hobbit trilogy was all right. It wasn't great, but you know, really nothing could hold a candle to the first three movies. So, when you naturally compare the two you're going to be left disappointed to an extent um this this has potential to really get me going though back into the lord of the rings uh you know ethos and everything that they do because there's so much to take in with lord of the rings
3: yeah absolutely and, and i i agree with you that the uh, original trilogy was fantastic the extended editions are in my opinion the only way to watch those nowadays you know so um yeah the hobbit was the problem with the hobbit is unlike the original one which you've got three books so let's make three movies okay that makes sense. they took one book and tried to split it into three really long movies and it just didn't connect as well but i thought it like you're saying it was fine in the words of patrick O'Donnell, it was fine it was it was okay it was it was watchable. I didn't hate it or anything like that. But yeah, this sure. this series with with Prime backing it, um so you know they will not be cutting corners as far as expense and yeah, that must have cost quite a bit to just do that trailer. Molten I won't go out and say it was gold, but it sure looked like gold. <laughs> so so that was uh, that
2: yeah. This is going to be a good. It's going to be good. I I have a lot of faith in Amazon and what they've done as far as the content that they've put out. I feel like Amazon has probably been at the top, if not near the top, with uh, as far as consistency of what I've watched and i I've liked majority of the stuff, whether it be their original TVs or uh, TV ser- series or movies. Um, I, I think they're going to do this whole uh, thing justice, and uh, I'm excited.
3: Tony, do you, you don't give a shit, right? That's, that's, that's the general gist of this. You just don't care. Listen, I,
4: I recognize things that I don't appreciate. It's kind of like music, right? You can not enjoy something, but realize that it's, it's, it's well done and it it deserves its place. Um, It's just not for me. I've, I've literally, this is a true story. I've on three separate occasions. I've tried to watch the very first Lord of the Rings movie I've never made it past the first half hour. Twice because I was sleeping and once because I was like, it's just not going to happen. Or
3: shame. That is pretty shameful, I... Tony. Call yourself a nerd. <laughs> uh,
2: I will say one one last thing. One of my favorite facts about Lord of the Rings is its creation, right? Uh, J.R. Tolkien, uh, obviously, the uh, creator of Lord of the Rings, was best friends with C.S. Lewis of Chronicles of Narnia, right? And they challenged each other to write a novel in uh, each other's styles. And that's how you got Chronicles of Narnia and Lord of the Rings. So when you think about it, that's like one of the coolest things ever that both those two couldn't write for shit uh, before that. And then they decide to, uh, C.S. Lewis decides to write in this like, religious sort of allegory and uh J.R. tolkien gets this uh medieval bloodbath of sorts and look at that it's their most famous works it's crazy and
3: both guys created tremendous worlds i mean just you know narnia versus middle earth and and you know it's right up there you know you look at stuff like what rowling did with harry potter and it's like when you can create an entire universe like that you have really especially back then yeah back you know then. what
4: i mean it's funny because i am a fan of you know the lion the witch and the wardrobe and and the whole narnia experience and all the rest of the books that have come with it i read those when i was a teenager in high school for book reports and things like that i enjoyed them it's just when i got to the age of of lord of the rings i was what in my early to mid 20s maybe and and it just wasn't happening
3: well, you know, you should be given another shot. I'll watch it with you. That way, I can like kind of kick you when you start falling asleep or something. You know.
4: <laughs> I want to watch that as much as I want to watch WrestleMania three again, Dave. Come on, man.
3: <laughs> They're both great. Um, they probably aren't. I enjoy
4: one way more than I enjoy the other, but I really don't want to fucking watch either one of them again. All right. <laughs> You can but I know not to talk noted. about it. I will watch the first Survivor Series again. There, though, you, so go. Yeah,
3: there you go. Yeah, there you go. You've probably seen that like once in your life, like I have, or something. Maybe twice now.
4: Uh, it'll be probably the third time. I've seen every pay-per-view at least twice.
3: All right. Um, Aesop mentioned Prime, and, and we mentioned the boys earlier. And, and going back to Prime, uh, even quicker than anything else, March 4th, you've got the boys animated spinoff called Diabolical. And we got the first, <laughs> uh, and we've gotten a Ray Cash appearance right on. Ray is in here. But uh, we got the first trailer from the Boys' Diabolical series. What's up, Tony?
4: Ladies and gentlemen, since Patrick O'Dowd isn't
6: here, oh, Ray Cash. I'm, I'm leaving. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Well, I guess, you know, we'll 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 do this and then we'll circle back and get Ray's thoughts on the other two uh sure. trailers. Uh but we got the boys diabolical trailer, which has a very unique animated style to it. This looks like the the Looney Tunes sort of cartoons from the
2: Animaniacs.
3: Yeah, the Animaniacs exactly, with the noted exception that the animaniac blows the heads off of a bunch of people in true boys fashion. Uh, guys, this one looks like it's probably going to be as batshit crazy as the boys is, but animated in a very cutesy sort of style with very malevolent uh, cartoons. Ray, welcome to the welcome to the show. Uh, I'm going to let you in on this. What would you think of this uh, boys trailer, man? This diabolical thing. Are you in? Are you out? Are you like, what the hell is going on? And how the yeah, hell are how, are
6: how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty rough, but I'm here. I'm good. My voice is better because this morning I woke up and barely could hear myself. Uh, but good to be back. Glad. I'm sorry that I had to miss the first half of the show, so I apologize for that. Um, is the boys alibical? Forgive me if I'm. I'm sure I know. Oh, it is new series. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm down. Anything in that world? Hell yeah, I'm down.
2: And and they have another one too coming out that I'm very excited for in D and D life with uh, Vox Machina coming out this week, in fact, uh, which is the uh, critical role, the very famous Twitch and um, YouTube-played D&D series with like all the voice actors. I think what they are doing is replaying their first campaign, which was again, hysterical, very gory uh, from the storytelling point. So I think they're replaying that. I know you guys haven't uh, didn't have that on the list, but I highly recommend looking up that trailer as well, because I am going to enjoy myself. And if it's anything, if either one of these two or anything like Invincible was, I am all
4: for it. Dave, I feel like uh, Aesop should be added to the bandwagon nerds chat um as a contributing editor. He he, he clearly knows what he's talking about. I don't know. We'll have to run it by Patrick O'Dowd. i I I throw it up to you as one half of the hierarchy, you know, Ray and mm-hmm. I are just pawns and you're you and Patrick's game.
3: Tony Ray's getting cheered here. I think we can do whatever we want. We are in a, <laughs> we're in a non-responsibility zone right now. So I mean, we talk Boba <laughs> Fett, we talk peacemaker. I mean, Jesus. So. Asap,
4: I feel like you might have an open invitation uh, yeah. uh, coming soon. We'll yeah. see what happens. You, you're very Any much time. a
3: Tony Dave. Uh, I
4: mean like, like he's perfect. He's like, it, it, I mean, I should, I should, stop being on the show and he should take my place it's not going to happen no. but uh you know
3: you're too you're <laughs> too important man i tradition. am not at all there's tradition
4: involved
6: i am i am a nuisance to this show well without you who's gonna stick up for dc in the flash you're here for a reason other than me i'll, I'll pop in every it. 6 weeks
3: <laughs> <laughs> um tony what do you think of this trailer i mean this this kind of looks too cute to be the boys but then again it's not
4: I love it. Actually, it's kind of like Muppet Babies, right?
6: Muppet Babies with, with meets maniacs,
4: No, but I death? mean, think about it, right? Like it's like you know, you have the Muppets, and then you have the Muppet Babies. So you have the boys, and then you have the boys <laughs> diabolical with like these if people Fonson growing Blair up with blaster right, with, see where you're going AKs. with that. <laughs> Right. I see where you're I going mean, with that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, int- I'm gonna watch actually. So there you go. You got the me. influx. The influx of these
2: uh, adult-oriented cartoon series, though, is crazy, especially Western, Great. right? Because, you know, usually that uh, that's an Eastern thing, you know, a lot of anime, uh, manga, whatever. But, it, you know, I, obviously, like I said, the two that I just mentioned, and another one that I'm excited for, too, that's coming out uh, is the Cuphead series. I am very excited about that. I love the Cuphead game. I was excited when I first saw a trailer for the game. And now that I saw the show, uh, the Cuphead show trailer, I know, again, this wasn't in our (laughs) in our rundown, but that just all of these Western animated um, cartoon shows with an adult orientation for it is so good. They all look so damn good. And it, it it's got my nipples hard. Uh, to go back to reference before, these, this is where, yeah, I know, welcome. Oh, no, oh, nice. Now, Ray knows. Ray, Ray, can't, Ray, Ray
3: knows what it's all about.
2: Ray can't be feeling that ill if he still has enough energy to is do that.
4: Ray's a high-ranking <laughs> officer in the chair shot hierarchy. He knows what's going on.
3: <laughs> he knows, he knows but, his nipples.
4: For real, I, I think this is going to be a huge year
2: for uh, animation and the animated series itself
3: yeah i i think i mean on the heels of invincible last year and just uh everything animation that that was a big year last year i think i think you're right this is going to be a big year for animation um ray i want to circle back to you because we did talk about the moon knight trailer and the lord of the rings mm-hmm. teaser um you know your thoughts on moon knight we did discuss the tragedy of gaspard Yul- yuliel we don't know what role he's playing um and his his tragic passing and whether that, you know, is going to cast kind of a black cloud over the series even before it starts. Uh, but your yeah. thoughts on the trailer and, and, and anything else about Moon Knight? Because we all we all kind of roundtabled that.
6: Um, well, so Moon Knight as a character is probably one of the most batshit insane characters that Marvel has. And that's a shoot and that's a work. Because, like, the character's crazy. But then, like, the stuff around the character is crazy. And so as and forgive me for using this word because I, I don't I don't mean to kind of mix real life mental stuff with this situation, but the trailer just felt manic to me. And it feels very apropos because Mark Spector is schizophrenic. So uh and it 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 matched kind of that theme to me. Um the transformation of him in the moonlight was dope as hell. Um it has a lot more, and I, I guess I should have thought about this, but it had a lot more horror connotations than I expected it to have. But I can imagine living in his mind is probably terrifying as hell, and the god Kanshu isn't probably like a happy god that wants to hang out with you, you know, on the weekends or nothing. Um, but my boy beating the hell out of Nubas was hilarious to me. I don't at the end of it when he's just like. Going at Anubis, I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. But uh, the one thing Marvel knows how to do is to not give you too much, but to give you just enough to say, "Okay, I need to see what the fuck y'all doing. And so I think Moonlight for sure is something that I really am interested to see what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. And uh, I don't know a whole lot about his uh, history, but the character that Ethan Hawke is playing clearly seems like the big bad. I'm very intrigued into who he is, what he is—is is he a cult leader? Is you know—is he Egyptian Bray Wyatt? Like I don't know what the deal is. I'm trying to figure Egyptian this out. Bray
3: Wyatt. <laughs> so, that's great. Bunch yeah. of fireflies everywhere here in Moon Knight. So um, now, firefucker. Fire, yeah, that's the title of this episode, by the way, Ray. Firefucker from uh, The Witcher. Uh, your thought? Now I don't know. Are, are we I don't know if we've ever touched bases with you on this. Are you a Lord of the Rings fan or
6: or not? I am not a hater but I am not the biggest fan. I've seen one of them. I know a little bit of the lore. Um, I know Marvel stole all the characters, all the actors from Lord of the Rings. So, Uh, but no, I, I, look, man, four hours of a movie is a long fucking time, bro. Like that's a long ass movie. And there's like four of them. It's a long (laughs) ass movie. So,
3: you know, well, speaking of long-ass movies, you know, that's a perfect segue. See, this oh is why we bring, in yeah, Ray, is. we bring in Ray here to do this. Ray shared with us this morning um, the first, it's, it's, a, it's a full-on two-and-a-half-minute clip from the upcoming Batman movie coming out in March involving a funeral. We don't know who died. Uh, but before we get into that and talk about this clip, and you want to talk batshit crazy, uh, Wow. But there are also rumors that the Batman has a one hundred and sixty one hundred and seventy six minute runtime. So nearly three Mm -hmm. hours of a superhero movie of the Batman. Does this instill you with confidence or does it make you concerned? PC Tony, why don't you lead us off on this
6: one?
4: I like long movies, so I'm not worried about it.
3: Um... You want intermissions.
4: I would love intermissions. Ray, no, Ray. Actually, I brought up a serious idea, Ray. What if they just decided to, you know what? I have a three and a half hour movie. That this is what I have. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you two hours. Then I'm going to give you a half hour intermission, and then we give you an hour and a half. And you're at the theater. You're there. So you're there for an extra half hour. But in the meantime, you can get up. You can go to the bathroom. You can grab some food. You can grab a drink. You can talk about what you just watched. You can go back and sit back down again. You know you're there for the experience. You're already the fan. The fan wants more anyway. What's the
6: difference? Cecil B. DeMille loves your idea. I'm just saying. Clark Gable, Humphrey Bogart, they behind you, dog. And I'm, I'm, I'm not being <laughs> funny. Like, this literally was the way we did things. Oh, so, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I remember, I, 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 I am old enough to
4: remember going to a movie theater and there're being an intermission or there're being a cartoon before the movie started that gets you into the movie like dave you know what i'm talking about
3: why cuz i'm me, old cuz i'm old i know what you're talking about and i remember drive-ins well, and shit
4: too young. These other two young men here, uh, you know, uh, you are yes, you are older than I am. We are uh, both old. I'll call myself old.
3: Um, I What's
2: a
4: drive-in?
3: Exactly.
6: <laughs> I'm slap you. I can't <laughs> laugh. I go to the drive-in here all the time. So yeah, I, I mean, can I, I can't you, make that joke with you, bro. Look, there have
3: been many moments where some of these long-ass uh, like what was it? Endgame was like damn near 3 hours, and I would have not yeah. I would have not objected to an intermission at halfway there so just You know, replenish yourself, take a piss. I mean, even WrestleMania, when it's eight hours long, kind of gives you an intermission. You
6: you can't tell me the movie theaters wouldn't go for this.
3: You get you double up on
6: snacks and shit. Yeah, if it would add to concessions, yes, I think they'd be flat with the chore.
2: Half hour seems like a long time, though. I'm not going to lie. I I understand that you're trying to go for uh, like the idea of grabbing snacks. But for the people that don't want it, half hour seems like a long time. I'm thinking 15, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes.
3: Yeah. Aesop, uh hundred and seventy-six minute runtime for this uh Batman movie that no one really knows a whole lot about, although we got a, a little bit more information on this clip we're about to talk about. But does that runtime for this type of movie does that concern you at all? <sighs>
2: If it was Superman, if it was Wonder Woman, if it was Aquaman, I might be concerned. But it's Batman. And if there's one thing that DC does do well with the movies, it's Batman. And I have a lot of high hopes for this movie. Every new trailer and clip that I see, I am more and more intrigued. I was in support of Robert Pattinson being cast as Bruce Wayne, I know he gets a bad rap from Twilight, but his other catalog of work is quite good. And you're kind of seeing it in these clips. He is putting on a fucking performance uh, that I have not seen him do. And that's, uh, like I said, I was uh, talking high on him. I am very excited for this. And if it's three hours of in-depth story arc, I am so for it. But if it's going to be you know, Batman versus Superman schlock. Uh, now I'm kind of out, you know? Yeah,
3: it do- it doesn't look like they're going in that direction. Ray, you were the one who brought this article to our attention, or at least the rumor of the 176-minute runtime. You indicated that you thought it was appropriate because they are starting a universe. Maybe yes. they are, maybe they aren't. We don't know what, what exactly is coming. But uh, what are your thoughts on this runtime?
6: ASAP had a lot of my thoughts, but just to touch on two more things. One, as you alluded to, Origins of a, of a franchise normally need a little more time to expound because you're setting you're not just setting up that movie, you're setting up potential spin-offs and sequels. So, yeah, you need to put a little more into it so I can understand that. But more pertinently, most of the other Batman movies have been so so grounded around the kind of um, cat and mouse game between Batman and his and his the villain. This movie is about the detective side of Batman. You cannot show that on a on screen in a few minutes. That takes a while for him to, to to adequately show him figuring out. This is a horrible analogy, but if you've ever played the Arkham games, try to get the Riddler trophies. They don't take they take a while because you have to figure out how to get to them. So knowing that that is kind of the crux of this movie and Riddler and a, a like a way different version of the Riddler is our big bad that we know of. It just makes more sense to me. Like Bane wanted to, to want to destroy shit. Uh, Joker wanted to, uh, you know, make things crazy. Like these aren't things that need three hours to be told. You need a three hour story if it's a the de- detective trying to figure out who did this, who did that. What is this? What is that? So it just makes more sense to me that this would be. Now, if, if this is a trilogy in all three or three hours, I think we're missing the mark here. Yeah. But the first one makes sense to me. Yeah,
2: and they I'll do. take three hours the entire way through. I'm not going to lie.
6: <laughs> well, they, it depends. You're right. You're right. It de- one, I'm sorry. One more thing the, to, 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 to kind of put everything together. Lord of the Rings is actually a good movie, but it is it, it feels long some movies that are three hours don't feel like the three hours
2: Endgame had that Endgame went by so fast for me.
6: Exactly. Yeah. So if, if, if these Batman movies are that long, but they don't feel that long, then I'm with it. But like, that was the struggle for me watching Lord of the Rings. I felt every minute of watching it. I'm not saying it wasn't good. Cause it was, but, uh, so that's my only, that's my only concern about the time is, will it, the pace be slow? Batman movies tend to be a little slow at points, so um, that's that'd be my la- my last concern.
3: There are a lot of villains, as we know, coming into this movie, so you know, you know, you might need a longer time to tell a story that makes sense. But let's let's get into the clip though, because
6: man, this clip For the record, is. I haven't seen it. I refuse to watch it. it was, I want you to know that. Oh, you didn't watch it? Oh, you should. I <laughs> I, I, I want to be completely surprised when I get into the theater. I don't want to have any. Uh, should, will it, should, uh, so really, it's, it's worth that much. Oh God, yes.
3: I thought I thought it was a fantastic clip because there's there's so much going on in just two and a half minutes. The we don't know whose funeral this is. We know that there's a boy who's sitting there suffering, and we obviously know Bruce can relate to that based on his own. So we know right off the bat they're not going to really go into the whole origin. We're going to go into this thing knowing that Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered. Um, then the then it shifts to. Like Ray, you're mentioning, this is a different variation of the Riddler, but like, if I had a complaint about this clip, it's that everything that's going on here in this clip screams Joker to me and not Riddler. And I wondered what you guys thought, not that it was bad. It was really cool. But this is, if this is the Riddler, this is a version that I'm very unfamiliar with because it is all about creating chaos this is very Jokerish, the kind of stuff the Joker would do. Um, so I love the clip. I love the the anarchy that's going on. And that's what this was, was anarchy. I mean, you're at a funeral and a fucking car crashes into a funeral with a, a cop tied up with a phone in his hand and a bomb attached to him. Um, that sounds like the Joker to me. Tunny, what did you think? I'm hoping you watched this. I hope it wasn't just me. What did you think of this whole clip here?
4: No, I seen it and exactly what you just described it sounds like a more modern you know crisis scenario for Batman, doesn't it? I mean, that's just like
2: 2000s uh, 2000s Riddler had this sort of manic uh spree to him. He wasn't that you know Jim Carrey yeah. uh you know Riddler the 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 kind of hokiness that you you know we kind of know the Riddler to be. Um But this was, and that was in more than just comic book media. But they did that in quite a lot of like the cartoon stuff as well. They gave Riddler uh, quite that that chaotic uh, energy that you were talking about, Dave. I'm excited for it, and, and in fact, it it leads me with more questions. Not so much on the Riddler, but with uh the Penguin, because I I'm really feeling that you're going to see him in the first half of that movie and not so much in the second, uh, because Mm. you're going to kind of build with that, especially if it's three hours, right? You're kind of, you're going to see Colin Farrell's penguin be the main bad guy with little sprinkles here and there of the Riddler. And then him finally come to form later on and be that guy at the end. And that's where that, uh, that relationship with, Selena Kyle kind of comes in a little mm. bit more, and uh, hopefully we can love her as much as uh, Robert Pattinson did on the set because that <laughs> is, is literally one of my favorite stories of the the past year as
6: well. Wow, that's hilarious! And by the way, to 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 add what Midwest Dave is saying, like that, yeah, very Thanks. nice, nicely
3: done. Take it.
6: Um, a lot DC has done a lot of things with them taken from things. Outside of comic books, they're taking kind of stories and th- and thoughts and tidbits from video games or from um, uh, uh, like uh, animated adapt- adaptations and whatnot. Harley it's, Quinn, right? <laughs> <exactly. laughs> but but particularly for the Riddler, there are two: the Arkham series. Riddler was really grimy in that one, and more pertinently, the the Batman Hush animated movie. Tommy wasn't Hush. Tommy was killed. Hush was the riddler who went into the Lazarus pit and then became like a cold-blooded killer. So and actually if you look at how they're dressed I know Hush we know Hush with the wraps around his face like the mummy face the mummy. right but if you but if you look at kind of just the general idea with the kind of the the, the bomber jacket and all that it looks kind of similar to this one. So I appreciate that we're not just going from comic lore we're taking from all of the platforms and maybe making a different really Jim Carrey was really important for the character because Jim Carrey is a, a famous actor but he hurt just like Adam West I think he hurt the character a bit too much because it made him a little too fantastical what I what I appreciate what they've been trying to do with a lot of the of their lore is make these characters more real life like if there was a, a riddler in real life this is what he would do it wouldn't be in a bright ass green suit like neon green with like purple question marks and a fucking and a moses cane you know so uh, i'm with it yeah and
3: this has a definite arkham asylum or the arkham series feel to it at least in the opening moments it seems a little bit more that way but yeah i mean and the disturbing thing is like what if they you know there's rumors that they want to tie the joker into this somehow some way what if (laughs) <laughs> what if you get the Riddler who's this bad and then the Joker's even worse and that that's like oh damn that that's disturbing but um, what yeah, the Joker's Joaquin
6: Phoenix yeah
2: who knows you never know I mean I, I wouldn't know. be surprised it, with the way that uh, comic book media has been going especially now right with what just happened with Spider-Man um, anything's possible <laughs> anything is.
3: Yeah, it's um, I I mean, March. What is it, March fourth? I think this comes out. Uh, Tony, somebody look it up. It's it's somewhere in March that's coming out, but it's not far off, and uh, it's gonna be a a big big hitter for DC. You look at that. You got Batman. You got the boys. You got uh, Moon Knight. All happening in the same month. That's a pretty big March fourth. March fourth. Hey. Every once in a while the old man gets something right. But yeah, love the clip, Ray. I would I would suggest just check it out and give me your thoughts. It's not gonna spoil too much. I know you want to go in cold, but you probably should check this out just to kind of get your get the wheels moving in your head about mm, what the hell are they doing with this thing? So uh with that being said, we are gonna take our second break. And uh Mr. Tunney, lead us into this thing as well. I know you've got just a plethora of chair shot material at your little fingertips, man.
4: No, I just want to encourage everybody to continue to listen to everything on the Chairshot Radio Network. Uh, you can also find that on all of your favorite streaming platforms by searching Chairshot Radio Network. And make sure you head over to TheChairshot.com for all your coverage on everything wrestling and ProWrestlingTDs.com forward slash the Chairshot Bandwagon Nerds episode 115, Chairshot Radio Network. We'll
1: be right back.
0: This is your boy Killy Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything progressing. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com.
6: Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
3: Welcome back to the home stretch for episode 115 of Bandwagon Nerds. It is time to go and get some news around the nerdosphere. All right, guys, we're going to start off by talking about a guy who just can't seem to keep his mouth shut. And every time he seems to open it, it gets a little bit worse for him. I am, of course, talking about Joss Whedon, who gave an extensive interview with what one of the New York mags this week on New York Times, New York Post. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember which one. But in this interview, he kind of tried to address some of the shit that has come out about him with the Ray Fisher thing with the charisma Carpenter story and that sort of thing. And, um, the reaction to this interview didn't go so well, guys. I, I think that would be a- an understatement. Um, <laughs> your guys initial thought, I got to pull this up to look at some of the stuff that Josh said, because like the, the crux of it was criticisms that charisma had about when she was pregnant on the set, Josh saying, I wasn't mannerly, but I never called her fat. Um, Okay that that's not the best of looks for you. Uh Ray Fisher is a terrible actor. That's why he didn't do so well. And then the whole thing that Gal Gadot didn't understand him because English isn't her primary language even though she speaks like six other languages as well. Uh just not the best way. To, I read I read his statements that he had said to my wife and she just was like <gasps> and walked out of the room. So, you know, I know this guy's got a lot of love from a lot of people because of Buffy, the vampire slayer and because of his work on the first Avengers movie, but he's just still kind of a dick or so it seems and firefly. Yeah. My wife just came in here and said, and firefly as well. So
2: I was going to say that too. (laughs) Yeah. She,
3: she, she heard me say it. She opened the door and firefly. Um, your guys thoughts on this whole Joss Whedon thing, which doesn't look like it's going away and just looks like it's getting kind of worse for him. And maybe he should just keep, the fuck! Quiet.
2: Yeah, Josh needs to. Josh needs to shut up. Let's just be honest. He's uh He's encroaching into like the modern uh, Terry Gilliam phase of of like directors because uh, dude did the same thing. He said some insanely offensive things, just out of left field. On top of that, you know what I mean? It's not like he had any sort of reason to come out and say these things. And there have been. Uh, I have jumped off the Joss Whedon bandwagon because I as much as I liked him before and uh for stuff and content that he's made, I can't support that type of shit. Just shut up, Joss. Just shut up.
6: Uh Ray Fisher is a bad actor, has a has a lot of big swole as a terrible wrestler energy, doesn't it? Yeah. Like my god. Um Josh Whedon's a dick. And I don't think it's ever been too much of a of a secret, but you know, this is the same world that Harvey Weinstein was like the most important person in Hollywood for 30, 40 years. But I will say it's interesting to me. If you look at two prominent directors in this sphere, you got uh, uh, Josh Whedon and you got James Gunn. James Gunn fucked up with his horrible jokes he was making that was super offensive to people. He had already owned up to it. It came back out. He owned up to it again, apologized, got fired shut the fuck up, got his job back, and now we love him again with Peacemaker because he handled it the way we think he should have handled it. You look at Josh. Josh, who all the shit came out, fucked up Justice League, thought he was quiet, and now he's talking again because he's got more movies he wants to put out now. Just shut up, man. Nobody cares. Just shut up. Tony, your thoughts on this uh, ridiculous
3: ridiculousity?
4: I don't care.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's uh... What are you talking about? You look like a huge Buffy guy.
3: <laughs> yeah, aren't you?
4: What did, what is did... I actually the only connection I have to Buffy the Vampire Slayer is I do I I, I am acquainted with Mark Metcalf, who is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person uh, and a great actor. Um so there you go. Look him up. Animal House, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, etcetera, etcetera.
3: Yeah, cetera. Ch- charisma had a great tweet about this where um, the
4: maestro on Seinfeld
3: (laughs) where she says something like I'm pretty sure that gal understands career threats in in English Arabic Hebrew and probably French and Italian as well so yeah it just you know I don't get it he's got his legions of supporters out there who are going to support this no matter what and we'll try and spin it to this say oh they're misunderstanding what he's saying and they're misinterpreting well dude if you just would shut up they wouldn't have to do that but yeah this is just not a good look for him and it doesn't get any better. And, and I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going in on Gal Gadot about her uh, language barriers. Like, yeah, she speaks like six or seven different languages, dude. Um, I don't think that that was the issue. So kind of, um, kind of a dumb thing to say, dumb thing to do. Yeah. I think he, in my opinion is, is just still kind of a dick and it's not getting any better for him anytime soon. Um, talk about stuff getting better though. We did get some, There is some news going around, or at least suggestions that, this is something we'd suggested before, Idris Elba being considered, at least seriously considered, as the next James Bond. I know there's been a lot of speculation now that Daniel Craig stepped down about who would be the next James Bond. A lot of people want a female uh, cast in that role. Uh, Idris Elba, though, seems like a really natural fit for, for this role. Anybody got, I mean, I'm all for it, but anybody got any thoughts, pros or cons about Idris Elba being the next James Bond?
2: Give it to me. Give me Idris Elba. This has been something that's been mentioned for quite some time. In fact, uh, I am so for Idris Elba. Now I thought, uh, I thought they said though, that they had already come out and and said that the next uh, James Bond was going to be a woman. It, it, was I wrong, or is that just speculation?
6: 007, if, I don't know if you guys have seen oh, sorry. Uh, No Time to Die. The 007 in No Time to Die was a woman. Lashana, what's her name? Lashana Lynch. I see, she I was see. the 007, but she wasn't James Bond. I,
2: but, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I meant when I said James Bond. Um, yeah. But this there has been a, a large type of uh contingency of people that have said like bring on Idris Elba and if this is finally getting considered it's one way to get people to the movies right people love Idris Elba I love Idris Elba and uh really the only thing that is a prerequisite as far as I can remember is he has to be British so all right let's do it
3: British and carry a sort of sophistication to him, which Idris Elba absolutely has that sort of regal kind of uh, way that he can carry himself and sound very much like James Bond. I mean, just, you know, just I can totally imagine him saying Bond, James Bond, and it is OK. That sounds perfect to me. Uh, Ray. Yeah. How do you feel? I mean, I, I imagine you're like the rest of us who say, yeah, I can't think of a really better fit off the top of my head to be the next Bond than Idris Elba.
6: Well, so there are four names I think that could fit. I think Idris is the best, but Idris, Tom Hardy, Fassbender. And I think the, and the other one, which I think is maybe as good if not better than Idris Elba is Reggae jean Jean-Paul, who's the guy that was on Bridgerton that left. He could fit it too, but Idris is the guy because Idris is the guy that the people want and have wanted for years now. It's, it's hilarious to me, though, how they came out and said, I say they, I'm talking about the people behind James Bond. Essentially, he'll never be black and Idris Elba will never have the part. And now we're at this point now where it's like, well, yeah, you probably need to walk that back now, because at one point, Idris Elba said, I, I just don't I don't want to no know more because they've basically told me to my face. I won't have it. So it'd be interesting if he gets it, um, but he'd kill it. Oh, man, Idris Elba one of the best actors in the world. He'd kill it. Tony,
2: I'm not a Bond fan. Dear God! First Lord of the Rings, now 007. Get the hell out of here, PC. You're the fucking worst.
3: His contributions to this episode are tremendous, extensive. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. other than you the first how, half.
4: Notice how he did. I just want to say that my literal contributions to this episode are Aesop Mitchell.
2: I was about to say. <laughs> notice how he did all of this. They started saying, "I don't like that. I don't like that." After he's like, oh, he should take my job.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Talking about a deflecting responsibility.
2: It's deflate gate, baby. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it is.
3: It is. I, I love I love the uh, the notion of Idris being Bond for the reasons I stated earlier. We'll see what happens. I, I mean, it's cool that the franchise. I mean, honestly, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm a bigger fan than Tunny is, but it's not my favorite thing to watch. And it's just like, I, I need to watch more of it. And I'm sure I would like it more. Um, Fair. We got some uh, comics news. We don't talk comics all that often, but some interesting news. that I think Ray shared with us earlier in the week. We got Captain America. The series in the comics is rebooting and they're going to, I think they have episode zero or issue zero coming out in April, but they're going to have two Captain America lines running simultaneously. One with Steve Rogers, you know, so Steve Rogers, I know all you MCU fans out there who think isn't Steve an old man. That's only in the movies. He's still quite young and vigorous and, and all that shit in the comics. So he's going to be running on one side. And then Captain America, aka Sam Wilson, aka Falcon, whatever you want to call him, he's going to be running with a separate line at the same time. So you're going to have the two Captain Americas doing the same doing different things, albeit at the same time. Two different shields. Uh I, you know, your guys' thoughts on on Marvel kind of rebooting the Captain America franchise with, with both of these characters. And does the MCU play into this a little bit? Because in the past we've seen Steve Rogers have the shield. Bucky Barnes has had the shield. Sam Wilson's had the shield. Now they're going in the direction where it's Steve and Sam with obviously Bucky's going to be there as the winter soldier or whatever incarnation of Bucky Barnes we're going to have. But, um, it's interesting to me, just Captain America kind of being rebooted at this particular phase of time. What are your guys' thoughts on this thing, Ray? Why don't you share the article? What do you think about this?
6: Um, so the story that Captain, that Falcon the Winter Soldier came from, was when Steve Rogers got old. Uh, he lost him. I, I can't remember how he lost his usefulness, but got old and uh, gave the mantle to um, Sam, and then he got his usefulness back. Some time later, and the government wanted to give it back to Steve, but he was like, "No, that's still that's still Captain America. I'll just help out." And then there was controversy between that. So there's there's precedent here. Um, the the biggest failure of Marvel over the past fifteen years is not matching their movie success with their comic success. That's been their biggest failure, because there is a, a, just a ridiculous amount of interest. what they're doing on screen and their comics is dying so something like this i think will bring people some interest people clearly love steve rogers as captain america people are starting to get interested and i mean i love sam sam wilson as captain america and they can tell two different stories in the same breath so i'm i'm here for it anything that gets people more interested in, in reading comics i'm here for it but my only concern is are they going i know they're running simultaneously are they going to match? Are they going to mix? Are they going to? You're going to see Sam and some of Steve's stuff. You're going to see Steve and some of Sam's stuff. I'm a Hawkeye fan, so very clearly you can share the same mantle. Clint Barton and and uh, Kate Bishop both are Hawkeye, so you can have two Captain Americas. But are are they going to be in two different timelines? Are they going to be in simultaneously? I'm curious about that.
3: Yeah, if I remember correctly, the Cosmic Cube. Aged Steve and then made him young again as well at the later well, on, I think is the, what,
6: um, the, yeah. Cosmic cube is what caused him to say. Hell hydra too. So that's right. Yeah, the Cosmic whole cube secret
3: empire shit. Exactly. Cosmic cubes, just Kobic. just a pain in the ass, man.
6: Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> yep. Aesop, what are your, you know, I think, I think Ray raises a lot of good points. I mean, Marvel has not translated the success of the MCU to their comics just because, Really though, the only way to do that would just be to hit a complete reset button across to do what DC does every three or four or five years. Hey, let's just reset fucking everything. Uh, Marvel has been reluctant to do that for for obvious reasons. Uh, they do they do like resets on a much smaller scale, so it's like a strategic nuke instead of just the whole damn Tonga volcano explosion of your universe, that sort of thing. Sorry, had to you know that, that, couldn't think of a better <laughs> metaphor. But, uh, Aesop, what do you think of this? You know, Captain America getting rebooted. Is this smart, given where we are in the MCU? Is that motivating this? Or, or I don't know if you're a big Captain America comics reader or not.
2: Well, Captain America, as, uh, you know, Ray brought up, has been rebooted a couple times. You know, not not quite to the level of, say, like Superman, which has been rebooted about, you know, 50 times and 49 too many. Um, but...
3: All these I'm, Superman haters, I swear, man, I, I can't, I can't add him, Tony. He's a Superman hater. Come on, now. No,
2: I no, love look, you forever, I didn't ASO. say <laughs> that. I did not say that. I said some of the reboots were bad. I said majority of the reboots were bad. That's yes. uh, you can't argue on that. Do Do we need to go back to Red Blue? Dear God, no. Um, yeah, we Please, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, Ray. Comics are dying. It's not just Marvel, it's comics. Yeah. And Marvel is doing the, you know, quote, smart thing by adjusting their eggs and moving them from one basket in the comic media to the other basket of television and movie. You know, th- that's what they're doing. It, DC has more or less tr- done that too, not so much into the film, but into the animated portion. Yeah, DC's animated catalog is fantastic. In fact, doesn't even come close to uh, to the uh, Marvel doesn't even come close to the animated portion that DC does. They have blown that out of the water. And outside of Batman as a comic series, I think they're pretty much all left for dead at this point. And as as tragic as it is, uh, I don't know how comics ever gets back to what they once were. I don't think they do. I don't even know if they get back to being remotely close, like in the nineties. Um, and going back to the captain America thing though, I think this is fun. I think it's fine. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference, uh, as far as, you know, whether or not people are going to be invested in comics, uh, as much, it's not going to bring in new people. I don't think, um, I think pretty much the comic fan base is what it is, and it's going to stay that way unless something really happens. Maybe some sort of vote of confidence from Marvel and, I guess, Disney. Like, hey, go check out these comics or something like that. But, uh, again, I don't think it's going to do any damage to Captain America.
3: Tony, do I dare ask you what you think of this? Or no? Okay. I don't read comics. <laughs> if if we were talking DC, he'd talk about it. That's right. <laughs> the bias is just it's just dripping here today. Are you uh, talking
2: about DC, Tunny? Is that what we're tra- changing his name to? Daniel Columbia DC,
3: DC Tony. There you go. That that should be your new handle. But uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I think you know comics are are tough because. <laughs> people like continuity that they can wrap their head around and comics don't have that because like we said, they've been rebooted so many times. It's like, is this pre flashpoint? Is this post flashpoint? Is this pre infinity or post infinity, which universe and which earth am I fucking on? And no and, shit and at that point, <laughs> you know, it starts to, you start to lose that. Now. I mean, old school comics fans like us, it doesn't bother us so much, but to capture like a saying a newer audience To make it user friendly to make it accessible then it's daunting for people to say where do i start where do i even begin and in what universe should i begin which experience am i looking for i I think that's a big reason for the disconnect and why you know like the mcu has succeeded because this is the only timeline that you have to worry about is from iron
6: man forward and you know go ahead ray there's there's also the issue of advertising like I've I've lived in Houston my whole life. I can't I can't tell you where a comic book shop is. I buy all my comics through the apps, right? And I still buy comics every Wednesday. I look for comics. Yeah. Um, but there's no advertising. People would people don't know it's out there, or available. People don't know what to get or when to get it. There is some fantastic stuff coming out. Like recently in DC, they did the whole White Knight storyline where essentially Joker became the good guy and Batman was the bad guy. Fantastic stuff. Who would know about that if you're not like scrounging the DC app or comiXology app or you're in a store? There was better advertising. I think we could do some things like Marvel's. To- Marvel should have told you they stopped they stopped selling Fantastic Four comics because the movies weren't doing good and they just fixed there's no interest in it. No. X,
2: X- I- Men too. X Men yeah. had that got that same type of uh, beat down, and that's the fucking X Men. You know, say what you want about the Fantastic Four, but the X Men it was like top shit for the longest time and they just even they didn't even bother they just said fuck it we're not even gonna worry about them
6: it could be argued wolverine is the second biggest character in that in that entire ip yeah right don't you think absolutely spider-man clearly number one but it could be argued wolverine's number two. Oh, sure to shut to shut that down is crazy so there's better yeah. advertising if we saw a commercial every now and then or maybe how about after the movie's over, before in the po- in the mid credit scenes, you do a, a a commercial or advertisement for read these 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 comic stories to get more information from what we just put on the screen here. You don't think people would be more interested in seeing it? Or reading print
2: media is dead. I'm sorry. Like I mean, yeah, newspapers here's a, here's a don't print. make it. Newspapers is- don't make it either. And what you're not going to see them. Uh, upload these comics online i know that you know they have they've attempted but it's not successful it's not the same it doesn't have the same sort of appeal if you can't get the fucking sunday funnies in the comics anymore or in like the newspaper you know what i mean like it sure. comics are are in trouble and they've been in trouble and the fact that they've lasted uh the past uh, the past decade uh you know it should be said like congrats because realistically they probably should have folded. I would say about six, seven years ago.
3: And it's a sad state to say that because there's so many like, like Ray's talking about how secret empire uh, was where, where she made Steve Hydra and that little moment in Endgame where he leans in and says, hail Hydra people like us knew exactly what that was referencing. And that was a huge moment for us. Like, Oh wow. They're going, they're, dabbling a little secret empire in here and you know a lot of people don't know that and they don't get as much out of it and that's like you see like how the dc movies like batman versus superman got shit all over because of the nightmare sequences which people like us know hey they're taken from injustice you just don't Mm -hmm. understand that so they're not being accessible to newer fans and and it's great that Us hardcore fans can pick up lots of Easter eggs and things like that, but that's not helping the comic industry thrive. And I think we all, we all recognize that and know that, but um, let, let's leave that behind and let's talk about a, a, you know, we've talked a lot about the MCU and how successful it's been on most fronts. Um, Eternals didn't exactly set the world on fire at the box office, but it sure had a big, a big debut on Disney Plus set the record for the number of streams and, and, and for Disney Plus. I know Patrick had said something about Luca being the most streamed movie last year, but you don't need to get into a whole Pixar's being shit on by Disney debate from last week all over again. Let's just talk about Eternals. Um, And I guess what I want to know is why do you guys think Eternals has done as well as it has on Disney Plus where it struggled in the movies a bit? Honey.
4: People like me waited till it came out on streaming and watched it. I just watched it this last week. I loved it. I didn't feel the need to go to the movie theater to watch it like I did Spider-Man. Period.
3: Aesop, what uh did you see Eternals in the movies or did you watch it on Disney Plus or have you seen it yet?
4: Uh
2: I watched it on Disney Plus. Um that's mainly because I didn't have the chance to go. It's not like I didn't want to. Uh I I think a big thing that helped it is the number of people that decided to come out of the woodwork just to shit on the Eternals, uh, the, there has been a, a, huge influx of just Eternals haters because, Oh no, for cripes, it's cri- cripe sakes. We finally have a Marvel movie that is so character driven and not, uh, you know, basic. Pew-pew, pew-pew, yeah, exactly. And, and I, you weren't here before when I said it, uh, Ray, one of my favorite movies of the year, or I should say uh, favorite Marvel movies now is Shang-Chi because it didn't have that Marvel formula. Eternals Mm -hmm. didn't have it. That's why I like it. And um, I, I very, very much appreciate Marvel for doing that because if I have to go back and see the same old deal, which is like, I, this might might be crazy. This might get me kicked off of this podcast forever. Spider-Man No Way Home it was okay. It was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's not great. It's not in my top five. And I know that's what uh you know people want to go at me for. But it it's a standard Marvel formula. And uh the the sickening amount of redemption arcs that happen in Marvel lately and specifically the mcu is bad it's bad it's lazy and it does not uh it, it deviates from that source material like we have mentioned a couple of times um and yeah I'm just, I'm just gonna leave it at that because i can see both dave and uh ray getting angry at me while pc is like oh dodged a bullet this episode." <laughs> uh.
3: Uh, you are entitled to your opinion wrong, though it may be. However, uh, you know, no, I think I think that I, I don't agree on the no way home thing. But, yeah, I think there's been a lot of formulaic redemption going on that's unnecessary. I, I can I can agree with you on that front. Um, But but, Ray, I know you and I, I think we saw Eternals in the movies and yes. and we didn't share the like Asop brings up a good point. There are a lot of people came out of the woodwork to shit on it. And I think that probably deliberately punched the numbers down as far yep. as people say, why should I risk my ass to go out there and watch this movie that people say, this isn't like an MCU movie and I don't want to check it out, but, oh, it's here on Disney. Bye. i got nothing else to watch. Let's see how bad this really That's is. That's what
2: makes great for the love of God. Like, ah, it gets me all angry.
3: Ray, what do you, I mean, is that, is that all it is? It's just that people, um decided to finally check it out because it was there in the comfort of their own home and finally available. And they're like, let me make up my own mind at this point in time. And that's why it's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's beaten Shang Chi's marks, um, you know, and and Shang Chi was critically praised. Eternals, not so much, but do you think that's really all that this is? Or is there more to this story?
6: Free 99, bro. Free 99. I mean, you know, if you have a subscription to Disney plus, but free 99, Um, (laughs) Let me let me flip it for you in a, in a different way. I would have never watched Doom if it wasn't on HBO Max. You never watched it. It may have been something I caught on TBS one day. I would have never watched it. And I'm better for having watched it because I, it was an enjoyable movie. But it's just not something I would have cared to watch. And if you told me the only way I could have watched it was to take my ass, To um, well, hey, you hate Spider Man Far From Home. You can't talk. I did
2: not say I hated it. I did not. I said it's not in my top five. That's fair. That's That's what I said.
6: That's still a little blasphemous, but much less. You're correct. Um, but if if Doom was in the theaters, that's the only way I could have seen it. Your boy would have never seen Doom, right? So some things, the 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 option of being able to watch when you want to watch it is is big. But Eternals also had like a bunch of things against it. It had the first sex scene in Marvel, and yeah, that's not a big deal, but to some people, maybe. It had the first gay um, embrace in Marvel. It had ten main characters that you know no one I mean? knew. That nobody ever knew, Yeah. and this may, may matter to... I know this don't matter to us or anybody I think we really fuck with, but it had a, a female director. So there were so many things that deviated from the regular Marvel stories, and you can't say it, you know, this is um, a historical moment for black people like Black Panther or a historical moment for Asian people like Shang-Chi. You can't say none of that. It was such a different take on a movie for a Marvel thing, like like Aesop said, that people were like, and to Tony's point, he, I think he's right. Yeah, what's the point of me watching this? I just see it when it, come in, when, it when it gets to Disney+. Plus. And fortunately, what you're seeing is tons of people are watching it. Most people who are watching it now are loving it. You know, so it goes to show man vindication happens.
2: It you know when you when you're like uh you you buy something from a fast food place, and you really like that that meal, right? That that burger or sandwich. So you continue to get that damn thing every day for lunch. Uh every day, every day. And then eventually you're like, ugh. And it sickens you. That's what Marvel is kind of becoming. It's the, with, with the same sort of formula. And the, I think that's what happened to the Eternals is that we are kind of in this honeymoon phase of like the same formula for Marvel. And that's what people want. They don't want anything different. They want this this quarter pounder with cheese. And so help me God, if you try to give me this fucking grilled black chicken rich. sandwich, I'm There's not going to eat it. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. And eventually we're going to get, you know, kind of gross, sick of it. I've gotten sick sick of it a little quicker than most people. And you're going to realize like, damn, that McRib is pretty fucking good. Right. And people are going to come back and realize that Eternals is a lot better than what you think it is.
3: I just I, – I, listening to you there, just like that Eddie Murphy stand-up routine where he talks about, man, if you're in the middle of the desert starving and somebody gives you a fucking saltine cracker, you say, God damn, this is the best cracker ever. But after, right? after you get that cracker for a couple of weeks, you'll be like, say, man, these are just regular crackers. And, and that's kind of <laughs> kind of what I hear when you're saying that. But, yeah, I think – you know, Eternals definitely thought outside the box. It was not the typical MCU movie. And like you're saying, that's not a bad thing at all. And it's telling a different story. And and I'd just like to say on Marvel Strike Force, the two Eternals characters are ridiculously overpowered and it just pisses me off. And I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> leave it at that.
6: Also, by the way, if, if Phase 4 is going to go more cosmic, then everything in Eternals is the most important thing that could have happened. Yeah, Learning uh, who the uh, Celestials are, seeing Erishim, learning how they come from inside of the core of the earth and of planets and things of that nature. Why they didn't, these didn't get were involved in the infinity saga was a Why big didn't deal. Get, exactly. Uh, arrows showing up and us getting a little, to, probably going to get to know a little more about the origins of Thanos. Like all these things are important going forward. And I so, still,
2: like I, I still wonder how they are going to attempt to tie them into the, uh, the, the MCU. Obviously they're tied in, but it, you know, they, they brought them all back together for Avengers, right? How the hell are you going to do that with the Eternals? The only thing I can kind of see is uh, something with Guardians, Volume 3. Um, but it, that's got me kind of intrigued as well. Uh, also, God Far From that. Home, third best Spider-Man movie. Look at
3: look Aesop with another that's great segue. Warm. I mean, talking um, about Aesop is brilliant here because he segued, right? Talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Thank you. And <laughs> you'd almost think we planned that shit, but it's just natural talent on the fart of the part on the fart on the part of the fabled. One. <laughs> Freudian, That's fair. P- <laughs> we did get some news <laughs> about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three with James Gunn basically praising Will Poulter, saying he is killing it as Adam Warlock. So, in in, in a couple different ways, you know, talking cosmic stuff, talk, talking Guardians. Um, Adam Warlock, somebody who was conspicuously absent from the Infinity Saga, who in the comics was a huge part of the Infinity Wars, and the only reason they ever defeated Thanos in the first place, he was completely absent from all that stuff, but we are bringing him in now. In- not
2: completely absent.
3: Well, no, you're right. We saw him in the got incubation his
2: cha- Yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> that's right. You're right. It was a post credit scene. But now we're getting a fully fleshed out Adam Warlock, who is one of the most powerful characters in the MCU. I mean, you think Captain Marvel, that power set. Um, I'm not very familiar with Will Poulter, but the fact that James Great. Gunn is giving him a raging endorsement as far as Adam Warlock uh, gives me a lot of confidence about this movie. How are you guys... Feel it with Adam we now know Adam warlock not only in the movie but very prominent uh I don't know where he like you're talking about where stuff fits in I'm not sure where Adam Warlock fits in right now at this stage of things but the fact that he's there is is exciting
2: well if you don't mind let me start uh first of all let me go will Poulter will Poulter is actually a very good actor he's been Fantastic. done uh a lot of a lot of smaller stuff but he did like um he did one of the uh lion witch in the wardrobe movies i believe that was prince caspian he he he's did the, the dick
6: in the maze runner he's the, yeah, the maze runner in the maze runner movies
2: uh he is great though and i am very excited for him to be adam warlock now uh, you go back to where he ties in i believe i had read that adam warlock is planning to be the bad guy for um volume, volume three, three yeah which uh, kind of ties in my last point Feels like it could be a fucking redemption arc, son of a bitch. Uh, you know, we'll got of—I'll wait and see. But I am excited because the Guardians uh, movies have been some of my favorite. Guardians Volume One is in my top five favorite Marvel movies. I love that movie; it's so fucking good. Volume Two, okay, it it slipped a little bit, but I'm hoping that they come back and they hit back that same sort of stride that they had uh, for Volume One. I am very excited for uh, what Adam Warlock can do and what Will Poulter will do playing Adam Warlock.
6: Ray? I don't think it's going to be so much redemption in that movie because all reports are leading to one, if not multiple guardians dying in volume three. So, like, you you can be redeemed, redeemed but it's going to take a minute if you kill, like, half the motherfucking team. You know what I mean? Um so and that's I mean it, it's not a spoiler because we we'll don't know if it's gonna happen or not. So, you know, I apologize for that. Um, Will Poulter's is fantastic. He's acting in a lot of things. He's the he's the son and we're the millers. He's got impeccable comedic timing. Um he's shown a great amount of uh range in playing like the idiot to the bully to the uh the 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 kind of pitiful kid to like the toughest kid on the block like he's got a lot of range i think he'll kill it and that is the most in, that's the most interesting part to me is we're going more cosmic we're going more to the to the celestials and kind of how the universe proper was made we're going into deviance and the multiverse and so much of this cosmically and you know the power cosmic is around galactus is going to be around clearly if the um, Celestials are around which means there's a civil Surfer so there's so much cosmic power around and of all of them Adam Warlock may be one of them not the baddest dude out there so I'm really interested to see now that his purpose for being around mostly that we know of wielding the Infinity Gauntlet and getting rid of Thanos is, is since that's done where you gonna put him because I sincerely doubt he's just gonna be in Guardians 3 He's going to be around for a while, right? Well,
2: and going back to the Eternals again, they did that uh, by bringing in some extra characters uh in the post-credit scene of the Infinity Patrol, which is a major sort of character group in the comic series of Adam Warlock uh, among other people that oh, protect Star, Fox, and Pip. Yeah, yeah, that protect the uh Infinity Gauntlet and the stones themselves, which there has been rumor that that might be another series that they try to bring into the MCU plus, you know, <laughs> the D- Disney plus line of MCU, uh, you know, works. And
3: and we have to also keep in mind the multiverse is very active and, and that's going to be expanding. And that doesn't mean that the stones are gone in our universe and we know they're paperweights in Loki's universe, but somewhere between those two, who knows? I mean, do you guys, you guys think that with all this cosmic stuff going on, Ray, you mentioned Galactus. I mean, is that where we're heading? Is that the big bad for, for this next phase, or
6: what do you no. think? No, I think Galat, you say that's for a while. You still have Doom, possibly. You still have Annihilus, which I think will be perfect for the next Avengers movie. Kang. Um, st- and Kang is going to be the big bad for at least the first half of phase four if probably for phase four proper
2: ant-man is he's tied into ant-man right now the next one uh whatever whatever the fuck, quantum media so i whether or not he you know moves into the long term of things is you know kind of wait
6: to be seen if if you if you're asking me like saga wise for the big bad for the next three phases or so I don't know. I think Kane gets us for the rest of this phase and maybe a little bit of the next one, but I think he kind of peters off. Um, but Galactus is coming for sure because you can't... Marvel just can't tell the fucking Fantastic Four story without bringing in the Silver Surfer and Galactus. But I'm, I am con, I am convinced that that shot at the end of Eternals with Erisham standing over the world and looking at it and showing how big he is was a teaser for us to get comfortable with seeing Galactus and how big he is. I am convinced of that.
3: You mean he's not gonna be a fucking cloud this time?
6: Is that what you're well, telling me, Ray? Me. Galactus and Parallax, apparently they like clouds, right? Yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, apparently so. So yeah, lots of uh lots of excited- oh Tutty. Your thoughts, Adam Warlock. How familiar are you with Adam Warlock? Yeah, exactly what I thought. You know, he's just like waving, <laughs> waving me on, you know, just 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 pass me on to the left. You know, That's,
4: Did I mention I got Aesop Mitchell on the show today. <laughs> you, you
3: did. You did mention that. That's good. Um, but that takes care of news around the Nerdosphere. A couple of little things here I wanted to touch bases on before we cut out of here on this episode. Um, <clears throat> 2022 not off to a good start as far as people dying. Um, that sort of thing. We got two more big losses this week. Meatloaf and Louis Anderson um, both passed away in the last few days. Uh, I think Meatloaf battled COVID. I'm not sure what took Louie out. Uh, rest in peace to both those guys. Anybody got any thoughts about uh, these two gentlemen or what they might mean to you? I mean, Meatloaf, tremendous. I mean, some of the best music I heard when I was like a teenager was his stuff. And Louis Anderson, of course, you know, I guess he's not going to get the promotion from uh, flipping, you know, doing fries to burgers after all. So, McDougal's
6: at McDougal's at McDowell's, Yeah. But uh, McDowell's, I'm sorry. Yeah, McDowell, but yeah.
3: uh, your guys thoughts on the, on the loss of these two tremendous, uh, entertainers.
6: I, I can't speak to meatloaf as much because you know, I'm, 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 I'm an 88 baby. So most of his stuff was already happening or done. I can speak to him more as an actor. I think he became a pretty decent actor. Um, But still, I know enough about him to know this is a he's a megastar and this is a major loss. But as a kid, two of the most like out there, ridiculous cartoons that made my life (laughs) were um, Bobby's World, shout out to Howie Mandel and Life with Louie. Louie Anderson has been a staple in my life, my household since I was a kid Um, and not just coming to America, Life with Louie and the things he's done since. So yeah, that hurt. That would hurt, man. Um, it's been a rough three, four weeks of losses. Uh, just it makes you appreciate, man, that we're still here. So, resting, rest in power to those uh those legends. Sop,
3: you got anything on these guys?
6: Uh, I played Eddie from uh, Rocky
2: Horror uh, way back, probably close to ten years ago. So I do have some sort of uh, you know, not. Direct connection to Meatloaf, loaf, but uh yeah, you know, that was always a very fun role for myself and watching him play it as well uh that was great, and I need to stress to everyone that listens go and watch Baskets because Louie Anderson is tremendous in that show
6: well said, yes, fantastic
3: show, Tony, you got anything or you know two out of three ain't bad, so uh, see what I did right there
4: I do see what you did right there uh two, <laughs> ge- two gentlemen that are multifaceted you know Louis anderson uh, a game show host as well uh actor comedian meatloaf actor uh music extraordinaire so uh two two big losses in the in the performing arts area of uh this planet of earth
2: yeah. all started with betty damn it
3: Raise your glass to anybody who's had some, uh, paradise by the dashboard light and we'll, uh,
4: I don't, I don't drink. I know.
3: <laughs> exactly. God damn it. Exactly. So my, no, I never had it, hon. Get out of here. it's not, it's not referenced to you. My wife came in here like, you know, no paradise by the dashboard light for me. Um, Patrick usually leaves and... Ma! <laughs> the meatloaf. The meatloaf. Ma! uh patrick usually ends these shows with his pitch and and i got a little different idea that i wanted to do for you guys before we cut out of here so tunny knows that i have never watched the game of thrones series i'm trying to get through it and this morning the episode i watched was the fucking red wedding which was ah
4: good for you jarring
3: to say the very fucking least um wow my question to you guys is, name a show or a movie that you've watched, say, within the last six months that you've been way overdue in watching. Maybe not as bad as I am with Game of Thrones, but anything like you've just watched recently that you're like, oh, damn, I should have watched that a long time ago.
6: Anybody want to kick this off? Uh. I'm going through my I'm going through my last watch on Netflix to see. Well, if I
4: can... I, I can tell you what I what I need to watch that I haven't watched or I've saved. Well, is, we know uh, Ray needs to watch like...
3: Flash Gordon, but that's beside the point.
6: Oh one, God. God. Dude, I don't damn it! Like,
4: watch it's, Flash? It's, it's like a sidestep to your question. Two things that I have saved. Like I'm going to watch them at some point, but like I'm waiting for the right time. Uh, Breaking Bad and Walking Dead, so.
3: Fair enough. Yeah, you're in the same boat as me with Game of Thrones, but uh, Raymond
6: Cashington. Other than Flash so, Gordon and Lock and Key, the ninth, the ninth. I, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ninth of my ninth of my kin. Uh, that, so look, there's a ton of these for me, I'm sure, but I'm I'm super absent minded right now. But the one coming to my coming to mind, um, I, a good friend of mine told me he was like, "There's this show you should watch, you'll love it," and I was like. When people tell me that shit, I'm always like, eh. Hannah on Amazon Prime, the offshoot of the movie. I went to go, no, I was watching this as as my dad was dying. So like I had nothing else to do but sit and watch this. And uh, I planned to watch maybe one episode just to say I watched this shit and I watched three seasons in like three days. So uh, I absolutely say if you like, please give it a try. It's a fantastic show. Uh, But there's a ton of money to watch. Flash Gordon, yes. The Witcher, I need to finish because I started. Um, I'll tell you one more. What I haven't seen that you'd be surprised. I haven't watched a minute of Boba Fett. Wow! And you were such a big fan of The Mandalorian. I'm gonna watch it. I just haven't. haven't. It's the it it's it's The Mandalorian. It's just sort of. Oh no, I'm I'm not against it. I just haven't sat down to say, hey, let me watch this.
3: Ray, you've seen Peacemaker, right?
6: Every single episode. Right, damn straight. There you go. At least at least you got that going on. So uh Do you do you really want to do you really want to taste it? Uh yeah. You know, throw
3: your dog <laughs> the invisible bone. But uh Aesop, uh you got the uh, anything that you've watched recently or something that's on your wish list that you're like almost embarrassed that it's there. I
2: uh, I can fill out both of those. Um it this wasn't necessarily the last six months, but I watched The Shining for the first time last year. Oh my god. And I I know I I don't know what why it took me so long to watch it and was thoroughly like loved every second of that movie and it gave me heart palpitations uh, the stress that like is running through that entire movie
4: I
6: have you seen, seen it, by Eyes by the Wide
2: the Shut
4: what
6: was I've that? got a funny Eyes Wide Shut story by the way I haven't
4: seen it have you seen Eyes Wide Shut I have not okay. Try that one on for size and get back to me. Hey, uh, Ray, what's your funny story?
6: Um, So my dad, my birth father's side of the family's from Phoenix. And so a couple of summers, I would go out there and spend with my grandparents and try to spend time with my dad. This particular summer, I'm nine years old and my grandparents were really like super.
4: Man, have you seen that at yep. nine? That's like me seeing platoon at like.
6: Fucking That's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so my grandparents were super and I hate to use this word, but hip, yep, right? They they went out. They did stuff. They didn't just sit in the house all day. they, they okay. went to the movies. They're both
4: attractive, right? And charming. Were they both attractive and charming? I mean, did well, you know, I, I'm supposed to other say so. They, they fucked other people. And enjoyed telling the stories.
6: Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm that's not the to... man. That's the movie. Those,
4: that's your grandparents, brother. That's your grandparents. It's all yeah, good, no,
6: I, yeah, no. I know you talking about my grandparents. Yeah, but it's both actually. Um, but no, uh, they were gonna they were gonna take me to go see the movie. And I just happened to be on the phone with my mom, and she, we're like, we're going to the movies. Well, what you going to watch? And I was like, uh, what are we watching? Oh, we're going to say Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. And my mom, like, damn, had a heart attack. She was like, hell no. You stayed at home. And so, yeah, <laughs> you like, wanna, you guys want to know over. something? Uh,
3: when Tunny put that, Tunny listed Eyes Wide Shut in the 90s project, because I'm like a year behind listening to our episodes. And, 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 and I think this topic, a conversation with your grandparents trying to really fuck you up, Ray, well, it was uh, something that we we talked about then as well so well i love them thankfully it didn't you know cause permanent harm to you um what a fucked up movie uh, aesop a- 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 you said you've got some stuff on your wish list that uh sh- you're kind of embarrassed that it's there
2: yeah oh the one the major one that a uh, lot of people give me shit for i have not seen a single second of any of the godfather trilogy which i like clearly need to go and see oh um you yeah. don't have three
3: well yeah, that's fair you might but, be able to skip that one
2: but but I, even still i should have watched one or two for i don't know quite some time i know that that's not necessarily tv uh i tried watching game of thrones i got bored after like two two seasons um I know, and I know. For someone that loves uh, Lord of the Rings, I just could not get into the Game of Thrones in the same facet. Uh, but
6: you made it two seasons. I, I got I got the six episodes, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll catch this another time."
2: <laughs> <laughs> My coworkers try to get me to watch it all the time. They're obsessed and, with and, Game of Thrones.
4: And who's more understanding and sympathetic? I I don't I don't know. I guess it would be me. I didn't chastise you like I was chastised for the Lord <laughs> of the Rings, but that's fine. No big deal. Um, I'm the <laughs> asshole here
3: wow uh on that note i think it is time to bring uh episode 115 of bandwagon nerds to an end i want to of course thank the one and only fable one aesop mitchell for coming on the show for the first time making his debut uh, i really hope you'll be back and and in different capacities on this show because you certainly know your stuff and your nerd cred checked out very well sir you get nice. you get
6: passing marks
2: Even with the third best Spider-Man film being Far From Home. Stop
3: stop
6: bringing it
2: up. Quit quit while
3: you're ahead, man. That's that's what
2: you need to do. Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2, Far From You know,
3: Patrick would agree with you. I think Patrick would absolutely agree with you. uh, Into the
6: Spider-Verse has a legit conversation, but Far From Home is way better than Spider-Man 2. Way better. I don't know about way better, but it's better. But anyway, better. anyway, better.
3: <laughs> Aesop, uh, where can people check you out? I know you mentioned the, uh, the podcast earlier, but where else can people find you on social media?
2: Sure. Sure. Uh, find me on Facebook at Aesop Mitchell, A-E-S-O-P Mitchell, two L's. You can also find me on Twitter at Violent Aesop. Uh, also Instagram at the Cream City Traveler, um, and definitely check out the podcast because down the wires, like the thing that I look forward to each week, like that's a lot of fun. And me and my brother have a good time and we're only going to get wilder and wackier. We have uh, some shit planned and we can definitely, uh, I can definitely support the idea of listening in, even if you don't know sports because we don't know sports either.
3: Well, based on my picks this uh, last couple of weeks, I don't know shit about football. So uh, <laughs> Ray, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you felt under the weather, and you got in here on the back half, and, and as usual, made your excellent contributions. Where can people check at you out on social media? You've got a lot of stuff going on, of course.
6: Um, Yes, I'm at It's Ray Cash. That's R-E-Y as a Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. And uh, if you go to chairshot.com and go to the radio network and press play, you'll hear me eventually, so... And you're also a charter
3: member of the Fern Gully Forever Fan Club, right?
6: That was my, my 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 burner yep. account is Fern Gully, always nineteen ninety nine. So you already know what it is. Yeah, I, yes. I, I that's what's it. up, dude. Fern Gully was great. <laughs> wow oh, okay, oh you just redeemed yourself for the Spider Man thing. You once again my favorite person.
2: Yes, Fern Gully two though can fucking die. Like we don't rainforest. we don't,
6: if you Have you seen Encanto? We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Front Gurley too. <laughs> it's like talking
3: about Caddyshack 2 or something. You just don't do it. Uh, PC Tunny, where can people find you on social media, man?
4: Uh, at PC Tunny on Twitter and Facebook. Please continue to listen to everything, Chairshot Radio Network, on all of your favorite streaming platforms and the chairshot.com.
3: And you can find me on Twitter at AttitudeAg, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And also, of course, please follow Bandwagon Nerds on Twitter at Bandwagon Nerds. That's going to do it for the 115th episode of the show. Guys, get out of the basement, stay safe, get some sun, and until next week, we will talk to you later. Thanks again for listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of TheChairShot.com.
0: She waited five months for it.
6: <laughs> if you're starving and somebody throw you a cracker, you're gonna be like, "This goddamn, that's the best cracker I ate in my life. That ain't no regular cracker, was it? What was that? A saltine? Goddamn, that was delicious. That wasn't no saltine, no. That was that was that was that was the rich. That was that wasn't no risk. I said, like, "God, that's the best cracker I ate in my life." Can't have another one, please, please, one more. Then you get married because you think you found the bomb? Had the same crackers every day for a year. You roll over one day and be like, hey, I just got some regular old crackers.